Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 20th of September 2020. And the weather's really changing here, I'm sure it's changing everywhere, but it's changing here. I've had down to the zero mark, the freezing mark, uh, for the last two or three nights actually in a row. And heavy frost in the morning, so it's uh, it's coming, the winter's coming. Uh, because of global warming, you see, it's getting colder. And here we all are. Mind you, I think they've changed the whole agenda for climate change and to COVID. And, and they, they just have to change the title, you know, man-made global COVID. And away we go. And here we are. Hmm? Same agenda, sustainability, uh, rationing, post-consumer society, etc. The fourth industrial revolution, the global reset. Hmm? Uh, it's just the same darn thing, isn't it, really? Because we wouldn't listen to them, and as, as they keep blaming it. It's amazing how you, you, you try to be good, and the folks in, in across the European countries for the last 50, 60 years try to be awfully good and not have any more than two children, most of them. And, and then, of course, they say there's not enough of you. So they open the doors to, to floodgates to the planet, actually. And, and then they tell you there's too many of you. Uh, it's you can't please. See, it's not meant that you please. You actually win here. It's meant that you just keep playing the game of trying to believe them. And uh, it's the old, it's the Orwellian excuse you had in 1984, where the war that was always ongoing between East Asia, West Asia, Eurasia, and all the rest of it. It's not meant to be won. It's meant to be perpetuated. Perpetual war. And it's the same thing with you. You're trying to do, uh, obey and go along with what you perceive as being a legitimate form of government, even though you don't have a simple uh, uh, example or any example that, that is that, in fact, except the media telling you it is. And it never works on your behalf, does it? It really doesn't. There's always agendas on the go uh, that you've got nothing to do with. You get no say in the matter, but you suffer from it all. And then they blame you for whatever happens, huh? It's, it's quite an amazing system that you're, you're, you're born into of deliberate confusion and control and blame and guilt. Guilt's awfully good right now. Guilt is in for, for you're going to have the sins of every ancestor uh, that crawled the planet with a club, you know. And uh, it's all, again, the Marxist philosophy of destroying all that was, all the systems that were, uh, regardless of the system you actually lived under. When you look at the horror, for instance, of, of most empires across the world that's expanded and grabbed territory and, and resources, the people back home often weren't, weren't much better in the Middle Ages and later than the people they were conquering. You know? It was much the same kind of thing. It was always an elite, you see, based with a money system backing it. that had to always get more and more resources and, and gold and diamonds and, and so on, wealth and resources for, for big companies and corporations to, to make their factories and, and so on. Nothing really changed for an awful long time. And that's been the way, a kind of natural way, I'd say, in a sense, uh, because there was nothing else given to the public. You know? There was no other system they could live under except basically small tribes. Looking back to though, you have to see yourself. When you look at all the horrors that did happen every century, you'd have different horrors and plagues and things and wars, just like today. Mm-hmm. We've got more chance of getting it happening today. We've got better machinery for making the wars and machines to make the, the weaponry and labs to make the, 
the plagues. But anyway, we we certainly do have um, a history of survival through all of us, really, regardless of what they call class in Britain, that, that something they pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> More so in America, they're good at it, pretending it doesn't exist. But it, it's always been there, and every culture has got the same thing. It doesn't matter where you go, whether it's Hindu or, or, or Muslim, you'll find the same class distinction. So it sets in, it seems to be natural just to set in that way. A human trait, and uh, away you go with it. But regardless, through all the different things, down through many, many centuries, the fact that we're here to criticize anything means that we survived, eh? <laughs> and your your ancestors somehow got through it. And of course, it wasn't a, a, a continuous nasty story, obviously. And humans being humans, um, you, you tend to have some humor as you go through really bad times. And that was part of the, say, the British system too, of um, comedy. It was all kinds of humor based at the highest type of level. Uh, sort of sophistication, but it was all to do really with hard times, and you'd, you'd you'd knock yourselves about a bit and laugh as you looked at all the ridiculous things that happened in your own life and in, and your parents, grandparents, and all the way back too, because we have that we have the ability to, to get through uh, really horrible times, and I think most cultures do as well. But unfortunately, in the twentieth century, or leading up to the twentieth century, you see the nineteenth and twentieth. And you had this escalating uh, organization of a system uh, that really broke out. We saw it with, with Weishaupt, for instance, an Illuminati group that keep on about. But don't, don't knock it down completely. The fact is it was the basis of um, a system of organized, you might call it crime, uh, just like when we have these groups today, by the way, that really have descended from it. <laughs> but you have to understand the techniques that were advocated by this group of very well-educated people that literally had many, many members that were the wealthiest people of their era, uh, uh, helping them along, you see, and financing things. And the idea, again, was to take over resources of the planet, hmm? and to take over the planet for themselves by using front organizations. And to get a good front organization, it has to be real. You must pick people who've got real genuine chips in their shoulder or beefs, and you, you pick the leaders, and you finance them well too, that helps to keep them there and, and go along with it and taking orders from you. But, but you, you, then you, you, you'd use them against another group that you also created and each group you created would get lots of followers from the general public. So you create all these divisions and then you lead yourself up to the direction you want to do. Even, even conflict, armed conflict, slaughters and um, genocides even. And uh, open warfare, uh, with national warfare too on the go as well. Until people really haven't got a clue of what the original problem really, really was. You'll get the, the official explanation later on of authorized history, but you have to dig in to find machinations of what really happened and brought it about. And it's fascinating to, to see the hands of these characters as, as um, the techniques were expounded through different countries and through this real, and that's a key to organization. Yeah. Organization is such an important word. It's um, those who are well-organized and secretive, naturally, 
about their, their affiliations with each other even. If you can get a bunch together, like they did in times gone by, they could manage just the money itself. And that was the, 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 the so-called genius of the Rothschild family that wasn't the first family to try all that out <laughs> by any means and take over about five different countries you know, initially by creating a form of, of centralized lending eventually as it became and your central bank system that's what it eventually became and the Federal Reserve Bank in, in, in the States. But the thing is it didn't stop with that you see now they've got a Federal Reserve Bank or a centralized bank that lends to government as, a, as opposed to just having different private lenders all maybe collectively uh, putting money in the, in the hat you might say for governmental wars like you had with Wellington uh, that actually drum up the money. And Nelson too, even for his name. In fact, Nelson was worried. He, he wrote about before he died, eh? before he was killed. That to, to, a, to a friend, I think it was in Spain, another officer who lived in Spain, uh, he, he was worried about his own personal finances. Because even then, uh, investments went up and down, especially when it was to do with trade and goods that came by sea, and lots of ships would, would get sunk you know, every year with, across the globe. And the trade routes through piracy, bad weather, and, and various other reasons, even disease too. And so it was an iffy kind of thing. And he lost investments as well. And he's worried about his family. Uh, this is an admiral. Hmm? He's worried about his family not being able to survive if anything should happen to him. So the ones who controlled the money always had incredible power. And as far back as Rome, you can actually find out who was financing the, the different leaders and rulers of Rome for their wars across the world. And they got it, they got it well paid, mind you, because it was all lent money. And you can see the precursor of what became the central banking system in Europe, the centre for different currents of Europe and America, you can see it in ancient Rome, and and even in before that in Greece, you know. So you find that even the philosophers, it's like today, it all ties together. Today, money creates stars that you follow. Uh, there are lots of philosophers, uh, yet only that, the ones that are picked, cherry picked, by those who rule and have the money and the wealth are going to be made stars for perpetuity, you see. And so you you back to the to the ancient times as well. Aristotle became a mentor in the mysteries and philosophy. Uh, for Alexander, you know. But, uh, but uh, Aristotle was given a wife from the Levant, from a, one of the wealthiest lenders there, merchant lenders, you know. And so even then, you, you can see the influence of who made Aristotle Aristotle, because you can be very, very famous after you got married, and went down into history that way. Nothing has changed. Money creates those that we end up reading about, uh, except for the bad guys. The bad guys are always the losers. It doesn't matter where across the world you look at losers, they're always put in their books as the bad guys, and you get the bad guy versions of it. And even in kingdoms, as they called it, like Britain or the UK, I mean, you had Wales, and uh, at one time Wales would fight with England, but more often they would fight alongside England. 
because they were always given uh, the, the next monarch. Uh, a young monarch, before he became king, was a prince, and he was always given the title of Prince of Wales. So the Welsh would think, it's, it's easy to appease people. In old times, too, that was a legitimate government, remember? That's all they had. And uh, it, it, it gave you a little bit of snob appeal again. Well, we've got a prince, you know, he's going to be the king one day. Uh, and it's, it's, it's simple things like that can get folk on board with you. And then they use the peasants eventually to fight um, other rebellions inside England sometimes, and in, in Scotland as well, you know, as archers mainly. They'd be part of the English army. But you had Northern Ireland as well. Really, that got hammered since Queen Elizabeth the first time. And uh, which always is a little thorn in the Scots, eh? The Scots side. Because in Scotland, they, they, they don't ever address Queen Elizabeth, the present one. It's Queen Elizabeth II. Because the, she was never the, the Queen Elizabeth I was never the Queen over Scotland. You know? So there wasn't a first for Scotland, you see. So a little, it's a little technicality there. But anyway, you have these, these kingdoms, and that's all the folk had. And they, yeah, they had all their shires and their reeves and so on, that they would keep the peace, and the other ones would collect taxes and from the people, because this system of collecting tax, giving you the cash to start with, <laughs> and then collecting taxes is very, very old. And um, in Scotland it was so bad, in some parts of England too, that when they went around to collect the taxes for the Lord, you know, on behalf of the Lord, they would, that was your feudal tax, your fee, your few, and uh, for existing, you see, but also for existing on what it was his land. Even the few your ancestors predated his didn't make any difference. And that's the power of, of might, you see. That's what everyone was based on, power of might. And through through time, they become it becomes a power of right because they're still there and now they're posh, and they've got fancy castles and they they, they talk in a different accent. They actually, it, it truly is a different accent that, that they, they develop to be different from the peasantry. You see, and um, at one time they used to be pretty happy, but but once they were posh, they had to be happy. We're happy, you see, different. Uh, and you say, Mike, that's that's a really posh person that. Whenever you heard that language spoke, spoken, so anyway, it, it's quite comical kind of history. And and Britain used to be pretty good at putting out good comedies about the, the, the kind of evolution of societies in Britain, from from wearing furs in the caves and all that, and all the way up to to the posh ones that we have today, or even better ones we had in the past, in fact. But regardless, as I say, that was the only system that people knew. But but from the the, the year dot, really, is when money was coined, especially even before it was coined, before at one time, um, the days of Moses and so on, you wore your money around your arm. It was very similar to to, to a religious thing that you wave around your arm and pray to me. There are good reasons for praying, I suppose. But at that time, it was gold, and you'd wrap it around your arm. And you would snip off so much in payment for whatever it was you were purchasing before they, they developed a coin. And that was a system they used for a long, long time. And it used to be silver, and then it became gold. Silver was here first. And the Phoenicians tried to make their coin, uh, the coin of not just the realm, but what they saw as their realm, which was a good part of the world at one time, wherever they traded and had um, 
had factories. They had factories making pots and different things and different goods that would go in the pots along the way. And they also used slaves too, you see. They even had factories. They actually had mines going into the Urals in Russia, for folk who don't know that. And the old records that were seized eventually by Romans uh, and were kept, and, and they actually said that they, they used slaves from the Slav. Slav is where the word slave comes from. They were often used for mining in these mines in parts of Russia that the Phoenicians owned long, long ago. Yeah. And then they worked out the cost of a slave according to how long he would live because they only lived a, a certain amount of time in these mines. Eh? Uh, and it could only be, it could be days to weeks depending on the type of mine if it was wet, dry, uh, and, and, and so on. And, and sometimes they'd have to go through things like asbestos. You know, realize where you, you actually have to cut through asbestos that you'll find in, in amongst chalk areas that you'd, when you go through chalk. And all kinds, and even that was recorded. These diseases were recorded even by the ancient Romans, you know, and the actual type of thing they had to cut through. And because they, they took over, you see, from many of these organizations that ran it before all this kind of thing before them. But it's fascinating to, to again, to see it this craving for wealth and, and metals that were to be used. It must be very, very old indeed, but they would be used uh, to buy power. Money bought power, it was power and it bought power power over others, especially when you had a big enough society to accept it as power. You know, you, oh, I want that. <laughs> Give me some of those things. But about 800, I think it was, B.C., uh, maybe, or, or even, not B.C., but 800. Yeah, 800 B.C., I think. They think that coins came in. The actual first coins came in. And they were different shaped ones. It wasn't just round ones like the moon and the sun sort of thing. It was, uh, they'd have different triangular ones and so on. But f- from, from its inception, that's really where your history starts, because it gave a, it created a leisure class. And I've mentioned this before, that uh, the, the philosophers in Greece, for instance, uh, created a school system, the scholar, and, and the, that means leisure, you see. Only those in leisure could attend and learn things that really they thought weren't that relevant. Their parents didn't think they were very relevant. Chatting about the meanings of life now that really weren't so relevant to the hard-nosed business people that owned fleets of ships for training. So it is quite interesting to see that how much of it was recorded of, of the, the data of the time was recorded. And then you can compare it to today. It's not that real, really different. It's you, you, you have across Europe, you had, I would call them practical schools for the working classes coming out, really being created uh, for the factory system, the industrial era. And it was a minimalistic training because often these children had to also work in the factories, uh, even when they were children, maybe maybe 10 years old and so on. But it enabled them to read basic instructions for, for whatever they were making and so on. And then it developed further and further into, into education for, again, related to the job that they, they'd been picked to do. They, really, they were pretty well <laughs> a form of paid slave because they were stuck on that job, often in the same factory for the rest of their lives, if, and I say this with tongue-in-cheek, if they were lucky. Meaning, 
because you know eventually in the twentieth century the idea was to was to do away with a, a job for life and anything really unless you were much higher up the ladder and um, unless you were a politician you know you it didn't matter uh, if you were good at what you did or not you would you would never get fired same as civil servants so, so you, you, it, it's it's interesting to see the education system developed the way it did uh, from a necessity to teach them basic instructions. Uh, and so could comprehend basic orders uh, and so on. And eventually it led to to sc- setting up school systems for working class people. You'd always had ones for the wealthy, either, either trained at home, homeschooled, uh, and then they'd go off to maybe universities later on from the early days. In fact, way back in, in Britain, the Romans had records of universities in Scotland. But they, they'd often send their children to one point. And here they are telling us we ran around there all hairy chested and stuff like that. Eh? Big beards that you could so long you could trip over them. And there's a different story altogether there. So they had, you know, they had universities for the wealthy people. And it wasn't just Romans. I mean, Greeks would come there too, and other people as well. It's quite fascinating. Even I'm getting off the topic anyway, but. <laughs> It's quite fascinating to see the mystery religions when you read uh, about Plato and others that, that it wasn't just a learning of philosophy, as you well know. It was a learning of the mysteries, as they called it. The mysteries were their form of a hidden under philosophy. I thought a lot of philosophy was a way of life and the mysteries, and oftentimes were the secrets of being successful in that life. And dominating others, most success came from domination of something or another over of yourselves over something else. But they had, they had at least three, at least three places, sometimes five schools, mystery schools they would go to to for learning. And uh, I gave these talks many years ago of where they were, uh, and uh, they had them in Egypt. They had so, so the Greeks, for instance, would go to Egypt. They'd also go to a place in which later became India. And um, in fact, two in that whole, it's a massive subcontinent really, two in India. And then one in the Middle East area, called the Middle East or Levant, he's called it. And another one that was based in old Persia. And that's where, the six, that's where they became a master eventually, when they did the, the whole circuit, you see. And they send the youngsters off at the age of maybe 15 and for their, their final education. That's just a by and by. But it hasn't changed really that much in some except now it's all, it's, it's all mathematics and, and, um, and base, we call them basics, I suppose, education, uh, extraneous stuff too, uh, of um, subjective material. As opposed to just basically objective, but for the working classes, working classes uh, had uh, the make. Uh, you know, really, there'd be no industry at all if it wasn't for the working classes. You all know uh, there'd be no real progress, progress in anything if it wasn't for working classes. They put in your sewer systems, and and made the pipes and all the rest of it. Uh, so they were given a, a more of a polytechnic type course, practical courses. To, to get things done, and that's why you have what's called civilization today. Because if you didn't have all that going in in your sewer systems and your septic systems and your 
and everything has to be put in there, and tradesmen and electricians and plumbers and so on, you, you'd all be living in squalor. I don't care where you'd be. <laughs> and uh, and it, they could be t- as talking posh all they wanted at the very top, but uh, you would not be living in a very healthy system at all. You're always fighting nature, as I say. Don't ever this this great this is a great thing that came up from the days of it wasn't just John Dewey that was behind it. He's part of the organisations I'm talking about too. The World Wildlife Fund and Prince Philip and going way back again to Darwin you know, and you know the, the most favoured races theories etc. I mean and also the ones that should maybe get even amongst your own race weren't up to par. You know this is where eugenics all came from going back to Thomas Malthus as well, who, who, who came out with the skate. Oh, there's too many people, and eventually they'll be standing on their heads. But he didn't need the computer then. They just did mathematical you know, equations and worked out if so many people had so many children today, and by the year so-and-so, they'd all be standing on each other's heads. And nothing happened the way you said it. And everybody was going to starve to death as well. Uh, but he had the ear of, of kings and queens and governments, uh, in his day, uh, and that's where it started. And he did a lot of good, lov- lovely charts, like the ones he'd turn out, just like the ones you'd turn out for COVID, you know, with all the big spikes and everything. And and it's very impressive, you know, the, the, all these charts. It, it convinces a lot of people. But he, he was uh, wrong again. And uh, but that that idea was always there because there was always a fear from the people he served that the real nobility in all all nations. They've all, they've all had the same thing. If there's too many people, maybe the people would overthrow them for any pro- They're always living in worry, you know, fear. And, and, and also, too, uh, too many people would eat all their food supply and take all the space up. Then, that would, then they might die as well uh, when there's too, too many people. And that's always been a favorite theme. There's too many peasants, you see. Now it's not just peasants. So say, under COVID, uh, uh, are you necessary or are you not necessary, you know? Uh, and that's how you, you, you got you all worked out, according to your age, gender, uh, physical abilities, mental abilities, etc., etc., etc. Necessity. Are you essential? Are you an essential person? Should we keep you alive? That's what bioethics is doing now too, isn't it? That makes you sick, wouldn't it? Eh? Doesn't change that much, but we'll live through it, and it keeps going on and on and on. And as, we've, as, we, as most folk pretend it doesn't exist, they don't really mean that, you know. And they, and they get the, the guys like Sir Attenborough. Odd name that Atten, eh? from ancient Egypt, Attenborough, <laughs> the borough of Atten. But anyway, there he is there, and constantly saying, there's just too many of you, not enough of these animals, you see. And he doesn't bother, he never gets lambasted for what he says either, does he? Have you noticed that? What you've got in the States at the moment is cities getting burned and so on under the pretense that's been given to you, backed by the media, that it's not happening. Or, and, and what is happening is for, is for legitimate purposes. What's happening is, is not protesting, as you well know. And their fronts, we all expose fronts of who funds them, uh, what their goals are in the Marxist organization. But again, that's a front in itself. The followers, as I say, never really know, like, like the old Illuminati idea, which didn't fade away, by the way, you know. The kings and queens into the organization, eventually, across the planet. And the top bankers <laughs> across the planet, who all profit, by the way, on, on the wars and everything else goes along with it. 
but as I say, you, you cannot judge the past by the present. You can always see that what was wrong and the horrible things that were done at times. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But people were brutal. People were brutal. It takes a long time to civilize us all, ourselves. And civilization, I think it was Reagan said something like, um, that civilization, being a working system, where you all respect each other to an extent, even if you, don't, if you disagree, but you respect, it's a working system. Civilization is just a generation away from barbarism, something like that, to paraphrase it. And isn't that so true? Because in a generation, an organized group that's already in the universities, has been for a long time, comes forth with a generation, I've said this before, a generation which they've trained to hate themselves, to hate their parents, to hate the system, to hate the country. Now that's warfare. That's what the communists tried to get done a long time ago. And the groups associated with all the different, myriad of branches of them, all working together to destroy a functioning system. That's the point of it. Something that's functioning, which is an enemy of those who want to supplant it and then take over and be the bosses of it, uh, must, get rid, must get rid of it by getting the folk to turn against it themselves. That's the first step of warfare, psychological warfare. Uh, and they bring in critical theory and, and everything gets criticized. Until eventually, uh, one generation is all you need to, to have a, an army of youngsters which they can get unleash on the, on the, the people any time they want. I said, I warned this years ago this would happen. And, uh, but the subversion has been, you've paid for your own subversion through all your taxes and through the school systems and so on. Folk never realize how they've been taken down. Uh, very old techniques, very, very, very old techniques. And going back to even ancient China, they had manuals on how you subvert nations before, before you'd even have to have physical warfare. You might not need physical warfare if you subverted it over a period of time and then destroyed it. Gramsci also said the same thing, that the communist who was based in Italy at one point, who said rather than just have basic fights and going out and slaughtering citizens, he says we should maybe... Uh, we should maybe uh, subvert the culture, go in and be a long time subverting the culture until we are the culture. Our leaders and a generation could, could, could really have filled all the positions of leadership. And so the whole culture has been changed, especially if you use it for education. It's all happened, you see. Folk read these things and they, they can't believe that these things would ever happen. But the books were all there and... Uh, and what the Marxists taught uh, their followers was all there. It's all published information. This is that folk didn't want to read it, you know, thinking it's some kind of little, little sect that will just go away by itself somehow. Hmm. But again, Marxism is a front. All groups are really fronts for, for one big organization. And they are. It's a myriad, myriads of arms on it into all kinds of things. But it's one organization, and Marxism is one front where you pick people who, as I say, have a chip on their shoulder, they can't fit in, they feel that they've been let down, they feel they've been left out, and you use them. You use the leaders especially, who are a bit higher up on an the agenda, they, they've got a better idea of, of the real goals for their level, 
Uh, but they don't let the followers know that. They say, yeah, you're right. They, they, these rotten sods were, rotten, were bad to you. Now it's your turn to get your revenge. And so you use them, you see. And you dispose of them too, because once you, once you bring in the system and you've conquered the old system and the ones who, who are above communism, who run it all, uh, take over the system, they cannot have those same people running around loose. They want to then convince what's left of society that now you're in a safe, obedient society. You can't have them loose anymore. And they won't get tamed now that they've tasted blood and, and, uh, and the burning and so on. So they get eradicated. That's the standard procedures. And there are many groups out there across the planet that have been developed by one group above them who will take over eventually all these positions, all these nations into one global structure and dominate it. Very old agenda, very old plan, and you're living through it. My parents were living through it, and my grandparents were living through it. They didn't know. Some of them had a, a little bit of an inkling there was something much bigger on the go, but they wouldn't have uh, so many facts as they have today. If they want them, that is. But again, money is the key to so much of it. Because with money, you can buy all the politicians off quite easily. Not hard to do, especially with politicians, since they are—they uh, don't really have many um, state values. Most of them, they're not st- what you call states people, statesmen and women. They're—they're—they're they're, they're psychopathic. You know, they don't know how to run anything except their mouths off. And even then, that they follow scripts written by other people who are, are professionals. The politicians generally are not professional, but the ones that write the scripts are. And even the ones that are, that, are, that are screaming the communist manifesto out there in public in the States right now are still reading stuff off scripts by the masters above them. And their paymasters, a lot of them are getting paid from different sources as well. And the funding they're getting, we, we, we can trace the funding actually, it's quite in the open. You're not allowed to speak about it because they'll cut you off, uh, maybe even worse rather quickly because it's getting to that stage now. But your governments are definitely bought off completely, I'd say. And I think this whole COVID idea shows you the uniformity of allegiance across the planet to, from politicians as they all go along with what the general public are bewildered with. When they, when they, the, the evidence of a horror really isn't there in front of you, except the horror of what's happened with, with the reaction to this, this COVID and, and the damage it's caused. So facts don't matter when they're all completely, complete, almost without exception, on board with the same thing. Let's bring back the terror syndrome for the, for the winter. I said this would happen back in February. Uh, oh, the spike will come. Oh, my God. And, and, yeah. and useless tests are guaranteed to, to show positive. Uh, but not illness. You know. Illness doesn't matter. Until you get your immunity passports, which is immunity, which is really it's just a record for for the rest of your life of year annual updates in every vaccination out there. By the way, <laughs> you'd have to be super superhuman to take all those vaccinations and not get side effects from it. Really, but all the politicians are completely on board. Britain's gone overboard with it now. You can see them. And tonight I'll be putting up different articles about that and Australia. Australia's a good case and study, actually, on what they're up to with uh, something you would expect to have seen in a banana republic with the way the police are literally are dressed like the space age. 
hoods really uh, getting set loose on the general public with extreme force. And there's other reasons for that too, that Australia really is, is owned and has been owned really lock, stock and barrel by those who own America and as Eisenhower, as I say, um, set out the marching orders for the future of Australia from then on. That's why the U.S. has is listing posts all across it. It's an outpost of America now, uh, or for those that rule America. Even America is completely different from what it used to be, obviously. There's one group at the top that runs it. You know that. You all know that. You suspect it, put it that way. And you, if you got 40 classmates together, old classmates, I'd like to see you all agreeing on everything all the time uh, that's politically correct. You'd, you'd expect some dissent somewhere, different opinion, or even a, a parallel, a similar type of opinion, but a little bit parallel, but a little bit different at the same time. But when you see it across the board with all these characters, it tells you they're all bought and paid for. Trying to tell me that no one has got the guts and the decency and the honour of saying, we're not, we're not, I'm not going to take the people along this road. Hmm? Or are they really terrified? Something you've got to accept as well. There's, there are people in this world who, who get bumped off all the time across the planet with different agencies that are on the go or doing the, the killing. All kinds of ways to dispose of people. They don't have to show you some, some horrible thing, oh, mass poisoning in the streets. Or the scurple affair they had in Britain that made no sense at all. And that kind of thing. I mean, there's far more people killed all the time, on, deliberately. They even have YouTube ones up with some of them. Uh, of hit squads, professionals killing folk. At least they used to have it up in YouTube. And you'd actually see them. The authorities had pieced the characters together coming in to airports, into their country. They knew where they came from. They had targets they were going after, in France, for instance. And then they showed, they showed the hotel cameras showing them going in. First in goes the person who does the job, the deed, you know. In goes the sweeper after, when they clean it all up and get fingerprint, anything out of the way, any of way, get in and all that kind of stuff. And but three, there's about three different levels of it. And then all get out, and then one by one, they're all split up. And you'll see them one by one at different times, a few hours apart, going through the airports. And so this is how it's done. That's professional, you see. Happens all the time. Uh, but most of them are just accidents. Lots of accidents happen. And a few years ago, there were a stack of biochemists dying. Uh, some of them went to meetings, and maybe three at a time would die. Because <laughs> they wouldn't go along with some, or held out for more money, or they couldn't be bribed, or who knows. But uh, it was happening all the time and had lists of them. It was just a dangerous thing to be involved in. Never mind David Kelly as well, that was involved in that kind of thing. as a government agent who was sent across, not just working with certain countries to make biological weapons, which he did talk about. That was one of the last things he disclosed before he was found, found uh, suicided. And he also was sent across to inspect other countries' uh, laboratories to make sure they weren't doing biowarfare or have had the signs of it and so on. Uh, but yeah, it's a very dangerous field to be in because it is, I always said it, I, I wasn't really worried about uh, the atomic bomb so much getting used deliberately to kill masses of people. 
is far better with the quiet wars eh? or the silent wars um, or silent weapons, I should say, for quiet wars where you've always got plausible deniability. And just like COVID, eh? oh, guess what broke out? Oh my goodness, it's a, a new kind of, a, a novel, a new type of coronavirus. And and out comes all the data bit by bit by bit, even right down to how it got to China, you know. And once once with all the data there, all admitted to, uh, from the lab in China and so on, and, and here's this gene sequencing, and here's the four inserts, etc. And the cleavages in them, and how they put them in, and yada yada. And then, uh, then the government gets a bit restless and changes its tunes. Oh no, it probably developed naturally. After it was admitted, they got the coronavirus that was a, came from North Carolina University. Uh, Fauci had dominion over that area too. Had it sent over. Uh, after a meeting in the States with the Pentagon and the rest of them, that this is a bit too dangerous to do gain of function, making it more more infectious in America. If it got loose, they said, and I've got the papers here, and I've all got them, it's been up on the internet too, and if it got into the public, uh, it could be disastrous. So they, they gave it to China and gave them the money, millions of dollars, without you signing agreements to continue the work, and bingo, bingo. But then we're told now it just happened to... But regardless, and now you've got another woman from China coming over, another defector last week, saying, um, yeah, she worked on it too. She was given it to to investigate once it had broken out in China, and they realized what it was too, and had saw the gene sequencing of it all. And it was, you know, she claims it definitely came from the uh, China lab. Regardless, so everything is, is, is pro and against, isn't it? It's everything. This is all massive psychological warfare at the same time. Until the general public won't be able to make their mind up on anything. That happened with nine eleven. Same darn thing. Exactly the same thing. You get all this evidence coming out, and then they, then once they they give it maybe a week to soak into the public and get it repeated, and so, and then they, then they come out with a completely alternate reason for everything happening. For everything happening. And 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 then after that they added more and more things. Maybe it was just maybe it was a maybe maybe, maybe until the public switch off. That's a psychological operation. You see. So we don't know where we are with the COVID yet. Except uh, we do have the trail that, that certainly a COVID type was given to, to that lab by by the Fauci. In fact, this this defector said, "Ask Doctor Fauci. He knows all about this." Amazing times, isn't it? It's amazing times we're living in where there's such overt evil on the go. Overt is. And the public feel the evil. They, they can, they'll try to find other ways to describe it. They, they feel it. They're, they're either at least uncomfortable, at least uncomfortable, right? Or right to, the, to, to those who are absolutely terrified of what's coming down. But we've got to remember, we have to remember, that you all have voices. All of you have voices. And to stop the greatest evil we've seen probably in our lifetime, across the globe, you'll have to start saying no to different things. No. Because this is a hell on earth, like a permanent hell on earth is coming down now. Absolutely. And don't be terrified by the brutes that are set upon you. Governments go this way when they're utterly corrupt and desperate. They'd rather you all just comply, naturally, 
But when they go to brute force and try to show horror, actually, through all the media that they've got to terrify you further into compliance, you've got to start saying, no, this is enough. This, this is, and you've got to, uh, when you get through this and win, by the way, you know, you've got to get all the policemen's names, their badge numbers, their supervisors, the politicians that advocate, and they all go on trial. I mean on trial, publicly on trial. Like a new Nuremberg, eh? Including the scientists are behind it and the, the people who pretend that they're, they're all the part of the WHO, World Health Organization, who are put in place over our countries, huh? They've all snuck in somehow, huh? And they're all part of the, the Gates group and Gavi group and the, the, all the, this clique that's, that's involved in all the vaccinations, all the preparations as well. One small clique, really, running everything. But they, they all have to go on trial for what they've done here and deliberately destroying the planet's economy. Well, what do you think you're going to live in? <laughs> or how do you think you're going to live after this? Well, total austerity, like I've said for, for, for years. I read the articles from the UN for years, how to get the people into, into accepting austerity. Austerity is poverty, basic survival. That's what they mean. Well, bingo, here's the plan. Huh? First they use the climate agenda, then they complain that folk aren't listening to us, we'll have to do something more drastic. Bingo. The next year, or even that, late that year, in fact, out comes COVID. Mm-hmm. And I remember again, before I go any further, you can help me out too by getting a few bucks sent my way, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you'll see how to do it. You can send checks. You can send cash even. And use PayPal. And just ordinary post is fine. And things don't get lost. One thing about the postage system, the post is good. Don't, don't express anything. Don't um, register anything for, for special, extra, for higher cost. They're guaranteed to just stop them and give them more scrutiny and stop everything. Just send it in regular post, whatever it happens to be, regular post all the time. And that's just fine. It's done. It helps me take along because I've got articles here tonight. I knew it would come. I was waiting for it. Because at the, the, at the event 201, and even the one going back into the lockstep with uh, 2010, Rockefeller one, but event 201 that they're all involved with, with Gates Foundation and Johns Hopkins University, with their the so-called, uh, you know, their their plan of it all and their, their exercise, if it should ever happen, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They, uh, they said that about a four or five stage plan of int- introducing laws to come down on the public that wouldn't comply and then laws that would come down and come down to folk who wouldn't shut up. And then the, initially they would la- label it as uh, disinformation or, or wrong information and then they would go after them uh, for their finances, trying to lock them down. To, just, just, isn't that tyranny, folks? This is what you used to read in all the, the movies about tyrannical governments in the past or, or Mexico or some other Latin American country or whatever it happened to be, and you've got it here. The dirty, dirty trick squad. Huh? As they try to shut you down by every means possible. See what you're under, and this is comical in a sense, I used to, uh, strangely enough, years and years ago I couldn't, I had no patience for any kind of um, TV shows that used to be on. 
But years later, years and years later, if I saw somebody would send me discs of, say, Dad's Army, the old series in Britain, a comedy series, a kind of uh, almost slapstick about World War Two and the Home Guard units, where guys who were miners and butchers and everything else couldn't get in the army because they were, again, their preferred or, or their occupations or essential occupations keep the system going. And, but they could form the Home Guard in case they were invaded. And there lots of good comedy through it. And reality, too, mixed in with it. Because folk were put on austerity rationing. But also, in, in one or two of them, they had uh, Mannering, the captain, who was also the bank manager, uh, introducing martial law. When when bombs had come down and, and hit the, the water supply lines, the, the 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 pipes and I think the gas lines as well, and so he took charge of it all instantly because he liked to strut around and use his stuff and it was a comedy. Then instantly he introduces his, uh, he says you can't have a bath bath because the water supply's been hit so you need a a chitty from from our office. If you want to take a bath, you know, and he says, and, and, and no meetings no, uh, in, in the streets of more than five people, and all the stuff you're seeing with COVID, he reeled off in a comedy sketch because that's emergency powers never changes, you know. But that's what you've got right now. They introduced emergency powers, so under this emergency power, they can do whatever they want. Now we saw that with nine eleven. When they all went across, across the board doing the same darn thing with 9 11, oh, I can't have any rights anymore because we've been attacked and the whole world's been attacked. And they signed into law, by the way, all NATO countries signed into law that, that they'd all been attacked as a unit. So they have to enforce the same kind of totalitarian system across all their citizens, total surveillance, yada, yada, yada. I've got it here, actually, I may put it up tonight uh, when they signed back then. But it never changes, does it? This doesn't change at all. So, as I say, you know, I'll put a lot of it up there at cuttingthroughmatrix.com at the end of the talk. And you can, you can get the links and the PDFs and keep them for posterity. Because you're living through amazing history right now. You, you, if we get through this, we don't know what they've got planned next. And I'd really, you know, I'd, I'm not sitting worried about things because there's no point worrying. It'll immobilize you. That's what they like to happen. Fear is meant to immobilize you. And then they show you a, a choice of this or that. You always take the easy choice, which they know you will. They'll have to get, and, and you end up losing. You see. You've, you've got to stay stable. Don't panic, as, as Jonesy would say in Dad's Army. And you'll get through. You'll get through if you've got a few friends and so on. And you're, you, you'll definitely you're, you help each other. You've got to help each other out. It doesn't matter. And stay in with your... Don't argue with your families. You'll need them. And... Um, and some folk will crack up, there's no doubt about it, during all the things that are coming down the pike. And the authorities know that too. We're, we're guided like a herd of sheep, step by step. You understand that? Because from the very beginning, uh, there, there was no possibility they would change their course here. That's, that's fact. <laughs> Anything else was just to, to, oh, maybe it's a, they're going to back off. No, they're not. <laughs> and I said that again back in February, you know. I says, Fauci's laid down the law, what's going to happen, you'll never get out of your homes, never get back to work, never go back to any kind of thing that you thought was normal, unless you get the shot, a shot 
and you also get the the cards, the Munich kind of passport, the, the gates idea, which also is World Health Organization, which he pretty well owns by now with the money he puts into it. And he himself is a front man for the same secret organization, secret organization we're talking about before. Think James Bond. As I've said so many times, the biggest problems in the, in the, 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 the James Bond series were never really countries, it, it, but they had these private, shadowy organizations. You know, they had their fingers and everything. You had the same kind of thing in Sherlock Holmes with Moriarty and, and this, this incredible genius organization of, of criminality across the planet. They had their fingers in every pie, and, you, you, and as I said, even with Mariarty, you couldn't you couldn't whisper something anywhere that of, of import, import that one of his spies wouldn't hear. They had so many of them. It's not too far from the truth, folks. Especially now, with all the surveillance upon you, and they want to push us like a herd of animals, step by step by step down a pre-selected path, predetermined path that they know they're going to start. So again, cutting to Mary's.com, you can buy the books and discs and send me a few bucks my way as well. And um, remember, I always put the, list, the links up to the articles I mentioned. So at least you've got some proof that they were actually published <laughs> out there in the first place doesn't mean they're 100% true. You can never be sure of, of certain things, but you get more validation than normal. It's not just hearsay. There's a lot of fake news getting put out deliberately by the other side, by the way, for folk to, to, to grab a hold of and the hope that you'll publish it, then they can point to you. Oh, look at all fake news, and then you, 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 you lose credibility. This is, this is total war. I mentioned the group in Britain, yeah? Uh, the, the the 77th Brigade, they called it, with the leader on it. He was in the newspapers and talking about his job and, and how they've got thousands of these guys in cyberspace attacking everybody all the time and manipulating people's thoughts and minds. And isn't, it's a step above the behavior on site's team, although that is connected to them as well. But, uh, yeah, they attack everybody massively. So there's one in Canada, too, working with them now. I've got that up for tonight. I'll put it up where they have a team working with the military of Canada to attack people who, who, who are going to complain about uh, so they, I keep saying Trudeau's plan this guy couldn't plan anything you know but so it's not his plan Canada's well in the bag of control doesn't need any figurehead would really do right now but they, they've got perfect perfect compliance with the politicians in Canada pretty well but yeah, they're going to turn the, the troops loose eventually. And by the way, Canada will be, will be using the troops as well, going round doors to door. It's a martial law scenario, i got it here. And so is the States. Uh, it's all the same thing across the board. And to the very end, they'll, they'll use basic, but really pretty well nice people. And, and they're just going to help you here. And you'll get images of, of guys with, with rifles helping old ladies across the street. That's what you'll be putting in your head, you know, the first thing from the truth. But it's for total compliance. They even have a stage plan of those who will comply, those who won't comply. They've already got made up, and the ones who are already speaking about it and what they're, how they're going to get, deal with them, including imprisonment. But, but that was also in the early plans that I read months ago. It's just confirmation of the same thing. Australia, of course, is, is doing that already, so they're going ahead and just grabbing folk who, who show that they have a different opinion here. 
there's, there's a price you pay for having different opinions. Quite amazing. But that's the system we're living under. And there's so much happening right now, too. You, you, you probably already heard about uh, Newt Gingrich, who was in Fox News a few days ago. They were talking about the riots in the States. Oh, sorry, the protests in the States. And he said, and it's, I've got the link to it in the whole thing, and I think he's up on BitChute still, at least. And he said, you know, he says, well, he says, um, when you see it, these, these, are, these attorney generals, these are district attorneys and so on, they're being put in place across different states in the U.S., and the funding behind them all came from the same source. He mentions the source, and it's taboo to mention the source, by the way. <laughs> Literally taboo, like illegal, yeah? in some countries. Who funded them, some of them with millions of bucks behind to get them in. Who literally are, are some of them have, have concepts of having no, no prisons at all, but they're, they're not even putting the rioters and the, and the arsonists are catching uh, in jail. They let them go right away. So they're back in the streets just doing content. This is total, a total revolution. They know who's behind it, financing it, the different people. Well, why don't they arrest them? It's because, again, the guy, the, the, this guy, we all know who he is. Geordie hmm? boy, eh? We all know who he is. He's obviously way up there already in the controlling, at least in, in a part of the controlling system of the whole planet right now, funding this, this across the world. Bill Gates is a front man. He, no, he was a self-made man. Now he was his daddy. They put these people out there, and they have missions. And they, they come, they, they'll, they'll live awfully well their entire lives. They've got a lot of publicity and be made to be important. But they're all front people. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Anybody who's anybody in the communications area, too, is, is absolutely a front person. I don't care what, uh, what Facebook or anything else is there for you to, to peruse. Eh? And you have to look at the CIA and say, what is the CIA? What on earth is it? Really, eh? Have you had anyone ever explain what the CIA actually is in, the, in this day and age? You all hear, oh, it started off with the OSS during World War II, and, you know. It was a combination of the British Secret Service and 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 also the, the this overseas um, Secret Service SOE group as well. Long story, still this stuff. Anyway, oh, that's what it was to fight. It was to fight Germany at the time. Oh my goodness, yeah, and and they, and they put their their agents and all media. I don't think they ever left uh, to give the right kind of propaganda. George Arbaugh mentioned was was in it during World War Two, so was um, Kessler after Kessler, Bertrand Russell, and a whole bunch of other people, and and they had communists in there too, dead absolute card carrying communists. They were all pals back then, because remember, the, the idea of this this aluminum group at the top running everything was to was to bring them all together to knock out certain countries, then have you all fight each other once all over, once it was all over. But that's exactly how they did it. Eh? And uh, again, you can't get change without having conflict. So you, you create sides to have conflict on the go. Then you guide it to where you want it to go. And then you have a different part of the planet afterwards with different names and everyone else. And that's how the world's really run. But the OSS was a, an amazing organization. And then, of course, after, after World War II, 
that became the Central Intelligence Agency. And you'll see many times you, politicians down through, through different uh, generations literally have asked, oh, what is this? Or, you know, they try to get information. They can't get in and out of it for national security. That's the excuse given. But we know it's been across the planet fomenting wars, overthrowing governments, mainly for, for resources for the richest folk on the planet. That's what always happens. They're not doing it just because they don't like your politics. It's to do with resources and, and finances, etc. Wealth. Huh? So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this, so the CIA, I've said this before, and, and the Mossad, uh, MI6, and many other organizations across Europe are all part of the same. There is only one system nowadays. Have been for a long time. What is this organization? Then, eh? This compartmentalized organization where the guys at the bottom will get nothing. Oh, no, we are American. We are, we're still American, you know. But what be their superiors above them? Different compartments, up and up and up and up. See, when you smell something, something is really smells wrong. Beyond wrong, it's wrong and confusing. It's confusing because it doesn't make sense. Then something else is always going on. Always going on. So anyway, I'll put up the link with Gingrich getting cut off. He was the ex-speaker of the house, eh? (laughs) So he was cut off live. Because, and you can see the woman, the, 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 the hosts, the women hosts that were on it, who had their little, all had their little invisible earbuds in, in their ears, you know. And they, they got the word, nope, you can't mention that man's name who's funding all of this thing. You can't do it. Why not? And that's what, the, that's what you said. Nick Gingrich said, oh, why not? He says, well, he is. We all know he is. We've got all the evidence here. I'll put up a link, too, to, to his own site, Gingrich's site. Oh, not to his site. He's, he's on different, um, a different... Uh, site actually his articles are on it and you can see his take on on afterwards on what happened there it's quite interesting he puts the links up to justify to verify what he said he wasn't making things up but how come no one touches this character that's funding all of this who's funding the folk who who uh, are the leaders of the rioters in the streets and the arsonists no one's touching this guy so what is this big organization? We above the, the, the where, where governments won't touch them. Uh, no police force will ever go near them or even accuse them of anything. Uh, the politicians and everybody across the media are terrified to mention it because they lose their jobs. That's power, folks. What are you pretending you live in some kind of uh, democratic republic for when this kind of thing has happened? Who's kidding who? <laughs> I tell you, it's quite some strange days indeed, eh? And so I've been, again, thinking about the the news. When you see it live, you, you see these people getting their orders live, and they, they follow, they, they obey it, and they shut up. There's no honor in them, obviously. But again, there's no honor before the COVID thing. The media had lost all credibility over the years. And more so since 9-11 happened and everything that they pushed and, and, and they're all on board for it and so on and loss of freedoms and privacy and so on. They'd completely lost all credibility. 
uh, as all reported, exactly verbatim, word for word, the same news articles across the country from doesn't matter what the stations were. That's all one organisation eventually, obviously. And all they had to give you to keep folk in was, was bits of almost soft porn about and, and, and celebrities and, and what they're up to and, and rubbish like that, you know. So when COVID came along, oh, they're back on board again. Terror is a great thing to if you look up. If I don't look in, I may, I may not notice something that's going to save my life that's in the news. So I better tune in every day. And then you get into the daily dose of addictive terror. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And until eventually you'll be, you'll be asking, demanding they have the vaccine. And, and folk will fight. I can remember doing the shows on the radio at the time. I think it was 2009 when they came out with a big pan- the pandemic then. It was going to kill us all then as well, you see. And um, that's the same one too where they eventually they told all the doctors in Canada, don't bother testing the patients. Same in the clinics, they walk in clinics. Don't test them, just put them down as, as having this, this, this virus. And so it, uh, that was all such baloney then too. And uh, folk weren't getting dying all over the place either. And um, it didn't matter because facts don't matter, you see. But the media were all behind it, completely on board with it. And um, I'm sure they're well rewarded for going in overdrive with the, like, telling the folk we're all going to die. It's all been done before, all of it. And what it was really, it was a big training exercise. Of, and it actually mentioned that in recent articles, that... All the, the training they, they got and the, the education they got from the studying of the public's reactions to different things. It was um, well studied for, th- for today. So they could make it more perfect. The, implement, the unrolling of this whole um, Emergency Powers Act idea today, all the things that they tried it before to coerce the public into by terrifying them, um, it wasn't, that's all they had at that time. They didn't have any other way to, to force you into it. So they, they perfected the techniques from, by using these previous uh, attempts to get you all to rush off and get shots and so on. And it's strange, well, we all survived uh, that last one that fizzled out too. That millions of doses of a vaccine that they ditch eventually. And uh, in the States, I, did, I noticed that millions of them were ditched in North Carolina in some river. I don't know why, but, but, but the FDA went in afterwards and said it probably didn't harm anything. <laughs> uh, I tell you, this world we live in is, is quite amazing, but yet they've tried everything before to terrify us all and to see how we react and study us so they could try and close any loopholes that they probably could get around in previous times. Now, what's the chances of unleashing the story and the terror across the nations. And when that's going on, again, the same character that's funding all these, that this Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, you know, but we know him, we know who he is. And he's only one of them, you know, there's, there's a, the tide organizations, different ones fund these people too. Uh, they're all set up and advance these foundations. To, for the, to fund the NGOs. It's like they call the groups going around arsoning, burning places down. <laughs> they're, just, they're NGOs, you know, tax-free. And um, and they get funded to do it. The, 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 as I say, the, the, the ones who are following 
and getting carried away thinking they're really doing it. They're all behind it themselves. They have no idea who, who their leaders really, really are. These are operatives. Huh? These are agency op- operatives, obviously. And they're well-funded, well-funded, well-paid. And as I see the pension schemes and everything, once this is over, they're offering something else. Maybe in some other, other country, in fact. And they'll leave everybody else to take the, take the heat. But the OSS, as I say, the OSS was a, an interesting organization. And even, I think, I think it was Christopher, not Christopher Lee, it was, um, yeah, it was Christopher Lee. Was part of it. Uh, during World War Two, and the Special Operations Executive, he was part of, and, and he had his car to pop into the different um, Allied Special Forces areas, including the one at Hereford in, in England and Wales. So he was uh, well well known amongst all the different generations of guys in Special Forces. But, uh, yeah, they all had their... You'd be amazed how many people are involved in this. And there's a lot of them, too, are, are put into the news media. Uh, lots of them, that's all been explained and admitted to over years. Even lists of them came out. Uh, people in the, the media, American media, who were really uh, CIA-trained and, and operatives. And most of them were assets, really, you know. Same in Canada, even CSIS has... Uh, as most of them are, are really just, you can get little contracts you can sign on for and pass information. It's almost like a pay on, <laughs> you pay as you go. You get, you get paid as you go, I suppose, picking up information here and there. But they have them for universities and things like that. But a lot of that is dying off with, the, not all of it, but uh, you also need physical people, but they've got the internet now. And then they've got the NSA for the States that shares it with Canada. And, uh, and so on and so on. So there's nothing happening today with the COVID that wasn't tested out before, even as far back as the SARS, uh, the first SARS outbreak, 2003. And then, too, it turned out in China, I've got the article still, China accused eventually, uh, at least put out the idea or the thought, (laughs) that uh, they wondered if, if America had designed this. They thought that was designed in a lab at the time. And again, you don't know who's telling the truth here because China will, will refute anything you say. But they did. What was interesting is seemed to be a, mainly attacking people with the, 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 the genetic makeup of their their own people in their homeland, and who'd settled in Canada too. So that was you know like like ethnic group specific. But we'll never know these things. Never. It's quite easy to take them and and alter them into. Don't forget the people who become your saviors, uh, the scientists who work on the vaccines, are the same scientists who work on creating the disease. Uh, you, you, you do know that, <laughs> don't you? Uh, yep. Because these labs are the, the, the that's where they do the experimentation. Yeah? By viro- with virologists working on them, and we have the ones working on the the, the RNA, mRNA, the messenger RNA, as they like to call it. And interesting, one of them, who most people in Canada didn't even know existed, uh, was is really what the guy who was was behind Moderna, 
and he worked in a lot of this stuff for years. And he had moved to Canada, moved to the States, and he was working at hardware for a while. But uh, yeah, these characters work in these labs. You can't work on these on, with the viruses to get vaccines unless you work in these labs. They're containment labs, which really were designed for warfare purposes. If you're dealing with viruses and putting in gain of function into them, just to find out if it ever became a really deadly disease by itself, maybe in 10 million years' time, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe even 50 million year, years' time, you know, then you should be ready for it. That's their excuse. That was how they got around all the, the bio-warfare treaties they signed. Well, it's really just for medical reasons now. It's for safety, you know. No, no, it's for creating the same darn things again. <laughs> so anyway, I'll put some of these things up tonight. But uh, folk have no idea. Most folk, and if you watch TV, you, you won't have a mind of your own. It's weaponized. It was weaponized a long time ago, television. And through crisis situations, they go into overdrive uh, with propaganda. That's going to be the same uniform propaganda. It doesn't matter what paper you look at, if it's a, if it was a newspaper in the old days, or some TV station today, or, or, or channel, it's just repetitive propaganda that they're all repeating. And the same day, if Bill Gates comes out in one day, they'll all have Bill Gates live, supposedly, giving the same talk on how you should all just submit and go along with it. At the same time, and Mr. Fauci that has his little smirk there, you know, he's got a little smirk on his face like a... Because, of course, he's a, he's up the chain there. He's in with the Fort Dietrich, you know, he's overseer of that group too. He's worked with these... Why do you think this little guy came out and really was put to the top very quickly? The, the job, again, is gain of function, creating diseases. Huh? And again, standardizing information amongst their own level of scientists. Any scientist who wants to see something different is... is they lose their license so darn fast, you know. And he, this little guy's the boss of all. He got Mikovich off rather quickly, and many others too, by the way. You know? But yeah, he's in with Bill Gates, and Bill Gates owns a Gabby. Uh, Bill Gates funds massively, even over half the World Health Organization's um, expenses and so on. And he decides he's got he's got vaccinations going across the whole planet. This this guy who doesn't have a even a, a first aid certificate, you know. That's the world we live in, isn't it? Scary times indeed. And going to get scarier, so you got to keep your head and don't panic again. As I say, don't panic, don't panic. Because uh, they have to unleash the brutes eventually. Unfortunately, as I've said so many times, no generation is devoid of brutes that are employed by tyrannical governments. All governments become tyrannical in times like this, obviously. And uh, we've seen in Australia the things that people never thought they'd see uh, in what they called civilized countries, democratic countries, of armies, these cops, um, dressed in battle gear, really, wearing black, because black is a uniform of death. That's why they picked black back in the 80s, as I've said before, the late 80s, or into the 90s, actually. When they came out, they changed the outfits in Canada. I don't know about Australia. At the same time, for the police, they used to be police used to be approachable. Didn't look like military. Didn't look like Darth Vader. And um, 
they had light blue shirts on and uh, were pleasant, a bit more pleasant, and and you could approach them and ask the time or directions. So once they came out, and they came out with them, uh, they even put promos out to get the public used to them. Oh, maybe you've seen it. You've seen your local policeman uh, walking around uh, in your area in u- different uniforms. And most of them were models. They actually, they actually had models going out in different, even small towns, like where I was living. Because uh, I never knew these ones. I caught some faces before. So they were, they, they were probably models. And they're walking like four abreast, walking down, all smiling and happy looking. And um, dressed with the black gear on. It was just military gear, right down with the, the boots military boots on and the, ta- the, the pants tucked into the tops of the boots and so on. Um, and a completely black outfit, including the black ties and shirts. And That's the sign of death. That's the hangman. That's the executioner. That's why it's meant to be more intimidating. That's why they changed it over. In preparation, in preparation, right, for what was going to come along the pike, which was 9-11. And all the NATO countries had to be on board. This is getting it all ready two and a half years, two, three years before it actually happened. And I've said before, Alan Rock was on board with the Omnibus Crime Bill, which was a martial law bill uh, with arresting any suspects. It didn't say for what. <laughs> uh, and put them in um, confinement without charge, indefinitely, etc., etc. Before This is three years, two, three years before 9-11 happened. He put it through himself, this, supposedly he was in the head of it. And then he was sent off uh, from, from being the Attorney General for Canada, for the Feds. And he went off to work at the United Nations. I heard he'd just come back recently. And uh, the other communist, Bob Ray, went over to take his place. So anyway, that's, that's how the world's run. And I always go back to Carl Quigley, who was an elitist himself. He... He had no sympathy for ordinary people at all. He thought they were pretty much scum. Uh, intelligentsia all mattered. That's what he, he thought mattered. And he he, um, he became the historian. For, and he loved to boast about it for the Council on Foreign Relations and got access to their records, which was combined with the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Huh? And he... That that was I've heard this from other professors too. There are certain archives in each country where they're given access. Certain ones, certain ones will be given access where they have material that you'll never see anywhere else. Well, Quigley was given that. He boasted about it. He'd, he he said I had the history. I suddenly had the the, the, his, the real history of why things happened and what caused them to happen. And he said that he said I work for this group on behalf of the group, and he said, I have, I have no objections to anything that they do for their plans. These are the, the real globalists. Eh? He says, I've objected occasionally to some of their methods, but he had, no, he had no problems with them at all. And he took over for a while, or worked with, I should say, as well, uh, and took over to an extent as well, uh, as the archivist for them. But, but they, they got a massive, you know, a massive library of what they've done to make things happen all down through, well, through history for the last few hundred years. <laughs> this is from the, uh, a, a top man. He, was, he wasn't hallucinating. He wasn't having tripping out on LSD. He was just, just, he was boasting about it. 
because it, it, to him it's such an honor to get in, get access to the archives. And he said to write about it. It wasn't just uh, his, his big tome of a book he put out there, the journey quotes. The, the, the other one was the Anglo-American establishment, awfully important, where he went through how they had literally taken over Africa, South Africa, and even how they manipulated the British government into, into supposedly going to save the people from the Boers, when in reality, this particular group got mercenaries to invade the Boer territories and had them re- retaliate. That's what they did, but they kept it out in the media. But he said, yeah, they, said they were behind the different wars and how they wanted the war for World War One, and they weren't behind the scenes to make all that happen. This is real history. This is what, see, this is what you're looking at with the real Illuminati <laughs> group, you know? At least one layer of it. And up, in, and they have in Britain, um, the Royal Entry for International Affairs, it used to be the Lord Alfred Milner group, that picked them all, they were lifelong members of All Souls College. And that's where they met, you know? At times, for big projects, but they also had an inner, inner group and the outer group, and, and a society of friends as well. And the inner group was highly secretive. And that's where George Orwell, that's what he was talking about when he talked about the party, and the inner party and the outer party and so on. So that's how it's done, compartmentalized. And the same with the CFR inside the States. And then you have a higher group from the CFR, one that was the trilateral group, there's another one above that. So everything's compartmentalized, and that's how the world's really run. Unlimited financing, because the people who run the Federal Reserves and the central banks are on board with them. They're part of it. That's another layer of it. With money's out of nothing, they, they, you know, they can <laughs> they can collapse economies to make the people suffer to change your behavior, etc. If they want to, but they they don't lose anything because it's all fictitious money anyway, isn't it? Backed by nothing. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's how the, how the world's run. And if you went to Quigley's writings, he talks. He, he really glorified these guys. You know how they how they so cleverly took over parts of the world and fomented revolutions and got the, got the stage set working inside of Germany and Britain and elsewhere for a, a war. You know things like that. And how they, they were all for the, the Soviet, uh, the Bolshevik revolution. They were members of the Bolsheviks in the group. <laughs> Maybe more than you think. And then they studied it all. They studied it, uh, the, the Soviet system. Eh? The great experiment, the second experiment, America being the first. And, you, and here's a little unpleasant thing, that we, because people don't like unpleasantries. Eh? We shy away from them, don't we? But if that was called the second great experiment, the Bolshevik Revolution, there was a takeover. As you know, the, the, most of the Bolsheviks had all ran out of Europe before been chased out. And then they, they were formed in, in New York mainly, and Standard, Standard Oil picked them up and trained them as, you know, to be uh, revolutionaries again. <laughs> and they even mentioned the camps that were trained across America and then sent back to, to take over Russia. And you have to wonder to yourself, they called America the first experiment, great experiment. Was it the same organization behind that too, do you think? Hmm? You've got to think about it. 
and then yeah, you, you have your own. Everyone's got a founding myth, you know, a foundation myth for for nations. Well, everybody has it. And Rome was good. They had Romulus and Remus, and I quite liked that one. Yet you had, I think it was the Crow, was it the Crow? Um, Native Indians, America, or Native Americans, I should call them, really. I would insult to call them Indians when they're not Indians, they're not from India. It was applied to them, eh? But, see, the Native Americans. The Crow one was good. They, they actually got their name. And they're a very simple, you know, creation myth that a crow, literally, a big, big crow, flew over and stopped next to a riverbank, I think, and, and laid the eggs on, their, on the bank. And one became a male, one became a female. Very simple and easy and quite nice, that quite pleasant imagery. And I like that one. And uh, again, Romulus and Remus for Rome. So yeah, you have these foundation myths. and um, But what you do get with America is the Francis Bacon, New Atlantis. There's no doubt about it. He was referring to a place out, it would be west, out west in the Atlantic somewhere, right down to how it would be designed and set up. That was so fascinating, really. A good science fiction read, if you, if you want to take it as science fiction, where he said underground, under, he said the, the true rulers would live three miles either inside mountains, kind of like, like the Cheyenne Mountain, you know, or three miles deep in, the, in, the, in rock, you know, underground. And they would have laboratories there. Remember that, that behind the mystery religions and alchemy and all the rest of it, you know, the symbols too ended up being scientific symbols as well. Science was always part of it, you see. And science was power. You kept science secret and quiet. The underground stream of knowledge, things that were taboo to talk about, even when, when certain religions would, would go after you. But they'd always been, they, they, some of them wrote about it, the members of the groups wrote about it, that, that um, eventually that, that it wasn't a, some kind of prediction, because they'd been doing it for a long time. They said eventually we'll be so powerful as, as uh, scientific advisors and, and makers and manufacturers that governments, because of their military needs, will come to us and gradually we'll get more and more money and we'll get more and more power and esteem and, and status until we will we'll rule everything. That was behind that for those who don't quite know it. And it was a mixture too um, of mysticism and Kabbalah at one time because all of the old mysteries had, had really, I'd say Kabbalah in them in one form or another. Eventually, anyway, eventually they did, as they amalgamated different beliefs together in different nations. But Kabbalah was part of it. And you had it with those who were involved in science in, in Francis Bacon's time. So much so that some of them learned Hebrew, you know. And even when America, before it... Uh, had its independence, I think it was in Yale, uh, and uh, maybe another one too. I know I was reading about some of them had had courses in, uh, where you had to take Hebrew. <laughs> no kidding, back then. So you have to realize that you had a, a mix of mysticism mixed with. Uh, out of mysticism, mysticism, you get a kind of prolific. Philosophy, in other words, it's an agenda-driven thing. Change 
is the word. You get change in all kinds of mysteries. Change in spells. That's what magic is supposed to be about. To You change something, right? And so science is the same. Chemistry is the same. How do you, if you add this and this, can I change it into something else and so on? And what do you get out of it? Right now, you've got the mRNA, the messenger, the ribonucleic acid, and you're going to change it for a vaccine to change the cellular structure in your lungs and in your nose and so on, permanently. There's a change for you through alchemy, yeah? <laughs> uh, which will obviously change the human to an extent and some something slightly different from what the human was before. Obviously, that's what's happening, you see. And you have to have no say in the matter. It's awfully important to those who own you. I would say, at least, very important to them. At least they think it's important. And you have to get no say in it at all. I guess to save you, they'll have to kill you if you don't accept it. You see that with the police sometimes, eh? Where they get called out to someone who's going to attempt suicide and they've got a knife or something and they're ready to cut their own throat. And the cop That happened in Canada a few, you know, a few years ago. Where the, the guy literally... Um, they, the cops killed him. He wasn't running at the cops with a knife. He was going to cut his own throat, so they shot him and saved them the trouble, I guess. So you don't call the cops if someone's committing suicide. I mean, you just just don't do it. And and I understand it. They're not meant. They're not. They're not trained to deal with that. I mean, who any special? Tra- and they got time, time, teams, and funding for people to stop that kind of thing happening. But not the police. The police are a force. Their, their job is to use force for whatever object is, is desired. But going back to Francis Bacon, he, yeah, he says that, uh, that this New Atlantis would be a light to the world. Eh? And this is very telling. The terms they use are telling, understand? Light to the world. And they would have a higher morality in their dealings with all foreigners that would come in with shipping and stuff or places they would send their ships to. And to be very honest and trusted and, and admired throughout the whole planet, you see, to bring in a global structure. But the sci-fi part, some of the sci-fi part is really good. He said that on the surface, there'd be a, a, the appearance of a form of government that the people would think it was all there was, the general population. But he says underground, it says they'd have a secret government, the true government of scientists. Now, Anovis Ordo, Seclorum uh, in the States, a new earthly order, you see? That's really what it means. Um, a secular order, which is an earthly order, not non-religious. That's what it, that's what it means. Yeah? Even though their symbols are highly religious and very, very ancient. But uh, because they, they will deceive, right? <laughs> But he said too that, that uh, underneath the ground, is everything would be powered with, with um, scientific inventions. One of which they said we control the weather and could make a, a, a perfect day by giving sunshine, clearing clouds, or they could bring in storm clouds, or they could they could, they could actually somehow trans beam it over the ocean or hit. I guess today we'd say they'd hit it off the atmosphere and it would reflect it down and aim it, just like harp technology. But he says it would be powered with, with, with something that gave the heat of the sun. It's like nuclear energy. 
<laughs> and he said, he said they could literally be used as a tremendous weapon, or else they could calm the seas, or 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 use them as as to sink old ship uh, like armadas, if you like. So, so it's, it, what's interesting again <laughs> was one of the old, old old homes that Francis Bacon had. I think it was Francis. He had meetings in it. Eh? With members of his own his own little elk, he was his lodge, I suppose they call it. But uh, they did scrapings. Universities, I don't know if it was Oxford, or they did scrapings of the beams and the ceilings, and they found heavy traces of cannabis and things like that. So they presumed that these guys, uh, that literally, don't forget too, that they had uh, they had different uh, sea captains coming and going all the time. Uh, we're trying different things, including probably opium too, I'm sure. But uh, so I mean, whenever they find that stuff, they say, oh, it probably help people to <clears throat> really imagine things, you know, help their imagination. And writers just love this kind of thing. It makes them do so. Have you ever read the gibberish of the, of the morning after the folk that, that have been parting on marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> These people literally, they'll grab you and hold you and they'll tell you this and stare you so sincerely and honestly and earnestly and, and they'll tell you that um, they think it's amazing philosophy at the time and then they'll go and write it all down, screeds of it and then in the morning they look at it and they shake their heads and they say, who wrote that? Well, you wrote that. And, no. And then they see them blushing and they just tear up immediately. <laughs> it's so terrible. But at the time they thought it was astounding genius. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Francis Bacon talked about this power of the sun technology, this heat and light that gave them such energy to, to power everything. Um, way ahead of his time, even I would think for science fiction writers, <laughs> for even 100 years later or 200 years later, could could imagine that. But he was into it. And that's what they said, you know, there will be a secret society really running the show. Uh, with a kind of layered degreed system of hierarchy. But on the surface, there'd be a form of government which the people would believe in. Well, that's what you're in, folks. You have you, you look at these prunes that you get presented to you as politicians with the classic ones you're getting, the classic ones. even It's more classic than ever today, you know, where they give you the ones. Here's a communist radical one. Here's a communist ethnic radical one. Here's a communist blah, blah, blah. And then you get the other one. But where's the right wing? What is the right wing now? It's kind of died off, isn't it? You you don't have that. You had neocons, which blossomed into the next one, which Obama went in, and he took over from them and continued their wars. He got congratulated from the neocons, like Rumsfeld, for continuing and expanding the wars till there were more of them under Obama. Uh, and he was so he was a, a neo-dem, I guess you call him. And now you're back to the neocons again, and you, you have no choices for for what the meanings now are almost the old meanings are meaningless now. The old terms are meaningless meaningless now, really, of Democrats and Republican, uh, and the Republicans have been in the, on on the payroll as you long know, as have other groups like Obama's group, uh, with uh, from from the. the <laughs> The neos, let's got the neos, eh? <laughs> the con part comes later. 
but that's what you're living in. It's an amazing deception. But it's just interesting to toss these ideas around in your head. It's kind of subjective, I suppose, really. But a lot of it can be definitely proven. You're living in a system very much like described by Francis Bacon in the New Atlantis. He even told you which groups would be have, have more rights than others, in fact, in his writings, who would be more held in higher esteem. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I often wonder if America was the, was the first great experiment and the Bolshevik group was the second. And where we're going today is for the total grand finale, the cap, you know, the, the globalization agenda, post-productive, post-consumer to an extent, into an austerity system, and post-democratic. They've said that from the inception of the Club of Rome, the big think tank that works for the United Nations and that works for this group at the top, an intermediary think tank that talks to us at times, the Club of Rome, telling us blatantly that there's too many of you and democracy doesn't work anymore. It's too complicated in the society for democracy. Can't get things done efficiently. Uh, who praised China uh, for because being being a communist totalitarian tyranny, you know, or government where you don't really have uh, personal opinions in different groups, then get things done quickly. They just say, shout at the top, and they all obey down below, all the way down, and they praise them for it. So. That's where it's all supposed to go. Under martial law, if you, if you notice your democracy's out the window, come on. I don't know, know why they even go through this pathetic game in the states of election time, really. Because you know what you're really getting, don't you? Why would the neocons praise Obama as well? Praise him for continuing the same agenda which they'd started with the same list of countries to get taken out. And then into, into Donald, <laughs> uh, who's praised again for continuing, and he's getting ready for the big one. I think really, I said that before. I think that's really why they put him in. Uh, he he would he promised to take direct action to, against Iran, you know, at certain meetings he had, and and which were published, <laughs> and he got in. So maybe that's what he's got to do then, get it all going. And you can see the movements towards Iran right now. And that they've been hammering Syria from Obama's time all through into into the present one. They won't give up on them either. They want Syria and, and Iran demolished into the Stone Age like the rest of them. And we can go on forever about it, although you can't really say too much on the topic this day and age. But a good part of the world is still not in shock with all the COVID thing. It's so sick of this. That's been years. Look how long these wars have been going on. Eh? Before 9-11 they were going on. They had the, the Gulf War won. <laughs> eh? I saw another article, by the way, uh, talking about the divvying up of the oil fields uh, during Gulf War One. Uh, how they would take over eventually once they had completely destroyed Iraq down the road. And, and I've already mentioned the one that, that uh, Tony Blair was in. It was in the, it was in the newspapers. 
and I put out the articles years ago where he has admitted that he and heads, the CEOs, the top oil companies, Dutch Shell and BP and all the rest of them came in and they all hammered out amongst them. This is before the war, before they started destroying Iraq. Who would be getting the different oil fields? This is reality. This is not conspiracy stuff. You know, it was admitted to. And they went through the records of those that went to number 10 and the meetings that they had and what they discussed. And yeah, yeah, it's all published afterwards, years afterwards. Yeah. And Tony Blair's out there again with his foundations. You know, he's such a great man, this one-man band to get Britain into the war with Iraq. Nobody else wanted it. He said a small t- clique around him, very small. And... He's out there with his foundation, he's talking about you've got to make sure that everyone gets a vaccination, you've got to be mandatory, blah, 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 and, and you've got to bring in a kind of world system to manage it all, etc., etc. The same little front psychopath. Now, he's low-level psychopath, well-rewarded, though, for his, his, his taking Britain into the, a war that had nothing to do with him. A, a war by the and by the way, one of his foundations is to stop racial tension amongst groups in Britain. He helped demolish the countries that caused the massive migration that they knew would happen, and they helped them get into Britain. Then you watch the, the chaos start, and, and then you start <laughs> blaming the folk in Britain for, for having resentment against what's happening in their own country. Do you see how it works now? Do you are you starting to get the picture? This is straight out of the, the playbook of what was called initially Illuminati in the old days. Eh? Now you have a myriad companies, all branches of the same secretive organization running everything. Eh? And meanwhile, we're all stuck in, in a system of losing our... It doesn't mean that the, the countries you're brought in were always totally evil, by the way, and you want to demolish its history like, just like that because you cannot bring today's thoughts and today's standards into the past, you cannot do it. Well, people were primitive back then, more primitive too. Yeah, that's what it is, you see. And so you had, as I say, Quigley, that was over the moon to have access to these archives. Who said, yeah, we have all kinds of people belonging to our group, our, our level, you know, communist dictators and didn't make any difference, didn't. And yet the same people are telling you to hate people uh, that run for low-level politics with, with, with the same designations running for different groups. See how you're all getting used and stirred up? Well, the ones we above you have all the leaders of different, like, section leaders, way above and as part of their group, running it, helping to run their departments, eh? keeping the trouble going. Well, they all meet together and have their own secret meetings the public can't get into as they're deciding how different tactics and where they're going from there. It's astonishing how the world really runs, isn't it? But again, the first and foremost thing you have is to train the public to be naive. Awfully important. I've said it so many times. And we believe it. I mean, why shouldn't we believe it? Here's your history, here's your culture, here's your people, here's your leaders, and 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 you're, you're not too bad a people, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and because they keep telling you that, and, and you're civilized, they keep telling you you're civilized, 
and yet when it comes to war and things like that, you'll see different people emerging suddenly on the stage, the theater of war. <laughs> and the, you'll see these different players getting these amazing powers, emergency powers given to them immediately. Churchill literally rounded up hundreds and hundreds of people instantly with a secret service police that the public hadn't, didn't even know that they ever had up until then. Because a lot of folk didn't want to go into a Second World War. And uh, they didn't see that Britain was already bankrupt from it, and it was going to get a lot worse. And, and uh, you couldn't pay this thing off in a few years, the, the debt you incurred with that. And so a lot of folk were against it. You know? And again, the victors always write the histories and paint the bad guy as the ultimate enemy, the most, the most well, the evil empire, etc. It's, it's done before and it'll be done again. And it has been done even with the Middle Eastern. Saddam Hussein was suddenly an, an evil, you know, a great saint. So was, was, you know, Gaddafi. You know, they're all sudden satans, etc. Oh. The same terminology is used over and over. Eh? Because they must always over-rationalize the wars once they've happened. Because they don't want people starting to dig out. Now, wait a minute, that's not exactly what they told us at the beginning. And We're always being used, always being played for a... Games which you'll never figure out. Never figure out. I've mentioned before, too, you got to look it up as well. It's a, it was a TV, uh, maybe half-hour show, I think it was, back in the, maybe the 1970s or 60s even, I think. But it's um, you, you'll see um, Donald Pleasance. I really like Donald Pleasance, great actor. He died in... I believe he's dead anyway, but he, he was a great actor uh, and he could play these parts awfully well. And well trained actor too, and they're real professionals, you know. But it was called The, the News Benders. The News Benders. And uh, he recruits people who don't know this organization even exists, but he, he gets journalists. They're a bit wayward or whatever, but they've got the abilities of imaginative writing. <laughs> and he, 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 he's, so this guy's brought into his office one day in this, a tower in London and on this particular floor. And uh, Donald talks to him and, and says, yeah, you're going, we, we want you to work for us. And, this, and this, this, this reporter says, well, he's cocky and all that. He says, well, what do you mean? Who are you? I don't even know who you are. You know, never mind, work for you. And. He said, well, we, we decided we, we want you, and you know, we've watched you for a long time. And, and the journalist says, no, how could you have watched me for a long time? No one's watched me. I said, oh, we know all about you. And, he, and Donald Pleasant sits down and opens up this, this booklet and he says, yeah, he says, uh, this, uh, he says uh, yeah, you, you had a falling out with your girlfriend, with, uh, with your wife a while ago, in an affair. And we know all about that. And he names the names of the people and all the rest of it and what happened, what happened. And, of course, the journalist is getting a bit paranoid. And he said, well, how do you know all this? You've been following me around. He says, no, we don't have to follow you around. And, and he, he says, well, you've got all this data. You went into a, into a hospital, he says. This is a few years ago, he says. And... Uh, to get an abscess or something, an abscess, a minor operation. He says, we put an implant in you then. This is 1967 or 68, I think it was. This was released. And 
he shows him this little thing in his hand. The size of this, he says, you know. And he says, we put that inside you. And he says, why don't you hear what it does it? And so he plays a bit of recording. And he says, this is your heartbeat. You hear the bump, bump, bump. And, and then you hear the voices over the top. He says, you've got the recordings of everything you've said in, in the last 10 years, or however long it was. So it was a bit ahead of his time. But the whole point of the section he was going to recruit him into was, and he took him through this other room, and had models like moon landings, <laughs> models of, of the latest um, uh, missiles, that models of a, a mountainside that I mean, looked like a nuclear bomb had hit it. And this is the stuff he said, this is what we put across on the news. He says, this is for next, next year's news here. And we've got all this, and he tells him this is what the story is going to be. He even has a, a big um, rack with magazines on it and, and, and newspapers. He says, this is, these, these are like prototypes of how the news will be in that day and this, this year and so on. And the guy's astonished. He says, we make the news. He says, yeah. He says, yeah. Uh, he says, much better. He says, since the end of World War Two. he says, we've... We've run the whole show, making people think they're going to get blown up any minute so that they, 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 no one dares take the first move, know what's going to happen. So we keep them in a state of terror, it's a strategy of tension, as they call it. And they make the news, it's all fake stuff, including the trivia. And the guy's astonished and astonished, and he says, but I still can't, I can't go into this. He says, this is too much coercion, and, and you have all these powers, and... And he was cracking up, knowing that his reality, his nice cozy reality of the system, the world, was completely fake. He was learning here. Huh? And so he's ready to walk out the door. He says, I wouldn't do that. He says, this thing also has a little explosive in it. <laughs> he says, anyway, the guy eventually, he's offered, I think, three quarters of a million pounds or something, something like that. He says, oh, yeah, we pay people very well. Money's no object since they make it, you know. So he's on board with it. But a good statement in it. I think a good uh, Donald Pleasance um, when, when the guy says, "What do you mean? You, you make all the news?" And I said, "But I've, I've been reading his stuff for years, even writing about these things I'm giving you." He says, "Yeah." He says, "The news is the most perfected form of fiction." And I thought, "That's that's it right there, right? Eh? The news is the most perfected form of fiction." You're seeing that today. People ac- across the world uh, have watched. Cities getting burned, and people on camera saying they're just demonstrating. It's just demonstrators, as, as the flames are in the background, <laughs> and drive by shootings of people getting shot and killed, and so on. And they're just protesting and looting of stores, and whole streets looted. There, there's fiction for you. Oh, forget your lying eyes and take our word for it. What you're really seeing is just peaceful protests. You're living through it. Gaslighting all the time, and, and actually, the news benders is tame <laughs> compared to what we've been living through for years. Actually, never mind recently. But if you can get a hold of it, it's just worth looking up. You enjoy it. These little quips from the from the nineteen sixties, and they make the stars. Remember, they, they, they always make the. It's like Al Gore. Al Gore, when you, years ago, he was in all the papers giving his speech and about, you know, the, the coming catastrophe of the planet if he didn't all start paying carbon taxes to his 
carbon exchanges. I'm not kidding you. Here's the crooks, folks. Here's the real crooks right here, eh? Mm-hmm. And this is, they belong to the real, the real organization, the Bond-type organizations, the bad guys. Yeah, they set up exchange banks where they're going to sell carbon, the fictitious carbon. Like, they don't store it in anything. They're just going to say, this, you probably released this this day, so that we want you to pay so much towards what you probably released this day into the air. And then they trade it, and it's like stocks, and it goes up in price, and they sell it. Blood and Gore was the name of his company. Oh. But anyway, Al Gore, they launched him too during that time to try to make him famous, because he, was, he wasn't famous for anything. So he, he says, I invented the internet, he says. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Blood and Gore was the name of the company, though. Mm. I tell you. An inconvenient spoof, indeed. But we, this is what we live through, folks. There's an agency above it that owns the star-making machine. People don't just rise to the top through skills and talent anywhere. They must be presentable. They've got to appear what they want them to appear like, like a good actor. If it's a good scientist that they want you to believe in, they'll, they'll create that scientist. Or they'll give you, they'll give you um, a technocrat and launch him to the world as being some wonderful genius and give him lots of financing. You had the same thing happening with, with Epstein huh? and Maxwell part of a, a, a group, and for years, folk, literally, that was a persona they created, he was a multi-billionaire, but in reality, the money was all owned by the, com- the company, the, the group that ran him. <laughs> and we know that too. They're supposed to be taboo to mention it now, you see. Very powerful indeed. But it's the same too with Zuckerberg and all the rest of them. They're, oh, these geniuses, just astonishing. And as they're launched uh, as front people. To, to really run massive spy operations over the planet and having control over everything and free speech, total control over speech. And folk think they're going to somehow evolve into a higher form of democracy. Oh, I tell you. Completely censored everywhere you look. And it's going to get worse and worse because you, this 5G is for a world. It's, it's part of the, the whole reset, the global reset idea from the world economic form. A whole new way of living, or I call it existing. It won't be living anymore because you're all, it's bad enough being spied on in all electronic communications. But when you get spied on everywhere you go, everything you do, every transaction you make, everything you purchase, all on their system. Uh, every thought that you have pretty well in their system. That's where it's going. Because I've said years ago, the elite won't, will not be content at this to that phase of it. After that, it's a whole different phase again. But up, getting up to that phase, they won't be content until everybody is completely 100% predictable. That's the intention of it. And the people above you have no love for you at all. The people... <laughs> that you think are funding even the revolutionary movement, have no love for the folk that are doing the revolutions at all. None. Zilch. None. Mm-mm-mm. They're all being used. And the, the front leaders are getting well paid to be used. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like the Spectre and the, and the different groups that you'd hear about, and the Bond groups. 
And that's where they got the whole idea from it. Again, getting back to Conan Doyle, it, was, it wasn't just a, some obscure idea of a Moriarty, a Moriarty who was a, a, a genius. They had geniuses at the top, absolutely. But they, they, they had no problems with murder and mayhem, you know. No, there's no doubt about it. We've been heavily manipulated. Like on a scale never done before with electronic media, including all those who are, are joining different camps, you see, uh, the pros and the, and the against and so on, of whatever it happens to be. And you'll find crowds gather. I remember years ago I gave the, the talk on the crowd. It was an old book put out years and years ago. Uh, of the early studies of crowds, then later studies on crowds had had to throughout the years uh, by behaviorists. They're constantly studying us. You, you understand, if you understand human behavior and what you can manipulate people into doing, and, and you know how they immediately form uh, their pros and against, you see, their for and against, that always happens, then you can use them very, very effectively and very efficiently for your own purposes without them realizing that they're being used. Because most of them are, are as emotional. Emotion runs uh, crowds and overtakes the pure logic, you see, and reason. Uh, it's the right buttons to press. And right all the way back to Plato again. Plato said it. You use the same techniques used before to get the same results. And if you know the sequences of implementing something that worked, then it'll work again in the future if you use the same sequence. That's how it, it works with manipulation of the psyche and the emotions. Emotions are very easy to manipulate, really, because uh, we've inbuilt likes and dislikes. Some of them are to do with survival. That's why folk hate the idea of abortions, a lot of people, because it's killing ourselves in a sense, you see. And when we start killing ourselves, there's no end to the next step. Start off with the young, then start, then end up with the elderly. Oh, well, you know, they don't know what's happening. Just, then, then just folk who are getting fed up living, let's add them to it. Let's add folk who are depressed to it. Let's folk, add folk to it. They're just physically ill in some areas, although they could live for years with help. That's already happened. I've done the stories live a few years back. And um, it doesn't stop, you see. Because, you see, the, the system doesn't exist for you. Again, you're given the myth of a caring system by gushing psychopaths. But in reality, uh, it's vastly different. I mean, the gush is a cold, clinical, <laughs> evil mind. And that's what runs you for profit and for efficiency. Humanity has got nothing to do with it at all. That is the system you're in. And so you have these inbuilt things. So, so you know, at election time, you always get the same topics up, abortion, pro and against, you see, uh, which are instant. They're very they're guttural. You know, they, they're, they're, they're really, by guttural, I don't mean deep in your throat, it's down in your stomach, really. It's, it's abdominal. It's a reflex action you'll have about things because you, you're killing something that's not diseased. It's not unhealthy. It's healthy. Uh, so you, even medicine goes down the tubes like, long ago with it too, lost its credibility of do no harm. At first, first to do no harm. We live in a corrupt system, very, very corrupt. And they must corrupt the people to go along with it naturally. And that happens over time. And the folk adopt uh, the, the views given to them, the opinions given to them, very cleverly given to them. And they don't even know they've been downloaded into them in a sense, bits and bytes, by 
techniques with language specialists. Language is more than just a, how to convey messages. It's how to have people implement it within themselves <laughs> with, with guaranteed results. Eh? And you have psycholinguistics and, uh, and even other related arts to it, all connected, that will give you the correct views and opinions and emotions to go with the opinions. So the crowds are, are very easy to create. And you get the ones that, as long as you get the, you, you find chinks in the arm. The communists knew back in the, the early 20th century, actually even in the late 1800s, they already sussed out America and how they could get America to have a revolution inside of it to overthrow the system into the next system, you see. Uh, they'd already had a previous revolution to bring in one system. Now, then they, so it's always the elite, really, who are bringing in their own revolution. I hope you understand that's what's happening today with the, the, the global reset hmm, from the World Economic Forum. It's the, the, and the revolutions in the street, it's, their, it's not the ones in the streets that are doing it, or the ones who think they're communists, etc., it's the ones who are above them, who own this system. That's why it's been allowed to happen. Haven't you figured that one out yet? <laughs> that's when it's allowed to happen, and that's why the media is on board with it. They're told to be on board with it. Huh? It's the elite system going to the next phase for themselves. This is what you're living in. It's bad enough being lied to the bitter end until you get the jabs in your arms or, or wherever they want to stick it. But it's, uh, it's it's just, you know, conning you all the way to it. You know, oh, no, we might not do it. Oh, you m- I might do it. Oh, I might not do it. You're going to get it. You still have your choice. No, you won't. It's going to be mandatory. This is how they play it with you, you see. But it's, it's elites' global reset for themselves. And most of the folk on the planet right now, they claim are superfluous. The Georgia Guidestones, no one's blown them up. Where's Antifa and the rest of them there? Because they're talking about primarily to start with was the third world countries with a massive population. There's no, there's no, there's no <laughs> big gun down there knocking them down. And I'd like to see them try. You see, suddenly you you would see some amazing force on on, on the premises that would stop them. Rather than have you know buildings are okay to burn down and people's homes and but no, <laughs> let's see them go. They won't go anywhere near it because their leaders tell them what to do. Yeah. And it isn't just the leaders that you'll see, that the spokespeople, the ones below them, like three ranks, you see, and they're all like NCOs behind them. And they're all paid. These ones are all paid. And they get the rest of them to go along and do what they're told and, and take the heat and the blame afterwards and, this, and the prison sentencing. That's how it works. But it's for the elite at the top, for goodness sake, yeah. You haven't seen them either going to the, for the top banks or anything. Yeah. Why haven't they gone to the Federal Reserve Building? Yeah. <laughs> it's in, it's, the answers are in what's not done during these. That's what tells you so much. There you go. Anyway, you're living in a system that's the owners of it have decided to go into the next phase for themselves. And all of this is getting used to bring you in into a, a world of sustainability. You, you've heard to all the articles recently, or, or, or they read them, or maybe uh, most folk hear things or see them now because they all watch TV. I don't watch TV. 
I get clips sent to me on the internet here and there, or folks send it on disc because my internet speed is so slow, because I get hammered for what I do here, for what I say. I mean, I can. Get, it's almost dial-up speed during the day I'm getting now. It's all intentional and plausible deniability. But it's not our end, sir, you know. It's maybe your equipment. Maybe, maybe I've been through it for years, back and forth with them. That's what they do. That's the reality. So, once again, before I forget, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, throw a few bucks my way, PayPal, cash, check is fine. I think even MoneyGram still works today. And some countries can still get international postal money orders to send, but not inside America anymore, apparently, US. They'll they'll cash them, but they, they won't write them to send elsewhere. Definitely not Western Union. It's not worth it to anybody. Western Union takes such a chunk of everybody's money, both the sender and receiver. It's not worth doing. And what you have to fill in there is just forget it. The data is incredible just to send a, a few bucks. But the other web methods are there. Cuttingthroughmatrix.com and uh, you can buy the books and discs too if you want. And it helps me tick along. So yeah, you're living in a system that Carl Quigley more than hinted at. He he, he lifted the cover to an extent. So don't forget his his book, the one, um, his his main book that he's known for. Literally, uh, it, it was banned eventually by the the printer grabbed it or the publisher and printer, and it was like, it was one of the the ones that the, the, I think the one publishers that did that one that tragedy and hope was was one that did them for schools and colleges too, well known. And they said that uh, they, they broke, they literally got the hard, you know, there was a physical plates, these for printing, and, and smashed them all up. But luckily there was an addition out there, and then afterwards, quite quickly, everybody started grabbing it for free and publishing it for free <laughs> without any rights to it. And uh, I've actually got the audio where Quigley talks about all that and some talking of what happened to him. And he was surprised to see a complete duplicate of his books put out there. And he said they were authentic. Nothing was added to them or detracted from them. And so he, uh, one way or another, the information got out. But uh, it lets a lot out of the bag, you know, of how they think. What you see by studying Quigley himself is the mindset of the people who run at his level, uh, their, their level of the control over the public. Uh, you, you get a study in the person themselves, it tells you a lot. And of course there's audios out there too, which I also have, where he talked to some of his students privately. He didn't, well, they were taped, but, um, and gave them advice on what to do, what to say, what not to say. And even he even mentioned that <laughs> to one of them, which is a well-known one, with one of his students, he says, uh, Look at that, and he gives him the dollar bill, and everybody's going, oh, no, no, that again. Well, that was way back then, in the 60s, and he says, uh, he says look at that bill, and he says, he says that, that's, that's, why is this symbol, of an ancient symbol of a power, a world power in its day, and a mystery religion on the dollar bill, yeah? And he starts to touch on it, he says, he says no, don't tell me this to anybody, he says, it'll ruin your career. So there's, he's, a, he's a, a guy who's involved in a lot of this stuff, 
who, who was obviously a member, given it up to the access to the archives, uh, and also he worked the archives for them, and he, they were creating real history. Not, not the, book, the paperback book version you get put into the bookstores after wars, like World War II. They got the real archives of how they helped set things up and provoke countries into war and manipulate them into war. Managing the financial system, the loans and debts and all the rest of it for power and control over all the countries after the war and amalgamating whole the countries together into European unions and things like that. Eh? So, yeah, I mean, it's quite fascinating to, to see how they... And he thought it was wonderful. Yeah. That on its own, mankind was just too dumb and stupid to, to make a go of it by themselves. They needed the, the, the elite, the proper thinkers to do it all properly, you see. And he's lauded for it, naturally. A lot of what he talked about in his book, Tragedy Note, was true to do with the banking system or the financial system uh, for the the ones that deal with the general public. And he also talked about how medicine would eventually become so incredibly expensive no one could afford it. Because And he blamed, he blamed the ordinary folk rising up into the middle classes and losing the the, the, best, the ethics that they used, the old ones used to have. Old doctors at one time came from old families, and they didn't really have to work, or it wasn't a, it wasn't a main income, or a, or a desperately main income. And so they had they were in it because they liked it, and they, and they felt drawn to it, and they wanted to do a good job. So he blamed the middle classes for for getting too greedy, and he said the time will come where. Uh, the greed factor will destroy the system. Well, he was right on that. But again, he also knew that the, above all of it was the manufacturing drug systems and the Rockefellers who set up the whole AMA for America and um, the, for the American Drug Association and the whole medical system for, for America, deciding what treatments would be used and what wouldn't be used, and also uh, the, all the drugs, uh, the cartels of drug companies that sprung up around Rockefeller, it's just astonishing. Uh, anything that wasn't under the control, they simply banned or ridiculed as ridiculous and put their own stuff through all their medications and so That's the same till this present day. And Rockefeller himself is again a front man for the big enterprise system that really runs the world. So yeah, you're living in a system vastly different from what you ever imagined. And... I remember reading books when I was young. In Scotland, you're not really young, you're wee. You know, you're wee. When I was wee. And it was interesting to read about how well-known authors, and ones from Oxford and different universities, authors and teachers who taught their masters, who taught, they actually put out books talking about the histories. But the terms they used often about, well, in the Middle Ages, most of the, the little people were didn't know too much, and they talked about them as though they were a, a, a dumb animal, but not in a hateful manner, you know, generally. <laughs> but that's how they talked about them, as though they somehow they couldn't uh, ever aspire to anything, even if they'd been told or given a basic education. That's really the impression that you got. Uh, very class-ridden indeed, but that was not an unusual thing. You had the same thing in, in across Africa in different places and different tribes as well. Look at India. And even in the, inside um, the Hindu culture, with its stepped system, of up to, right down to the untouchables at the bottom, and 
it's written into basically uh, their whole culture or law that <laughs> this is quite normal. That's, what they, that's how, they, how they perceive it. And there's no chance to change it, you see. And they add karma to it. That's your karma as well. So you couldn't change it. So you see what I'm saying? So it's, uh, it's, all, it's all fortified to stay that way. And that, that's what they want. That's what the, the rulers wanted for thousands of years. And it benefits those at the top naturally. Uh, and then you can say all you, you, can say you want about that. The genetics are really involved with, with discussions on India. They, they're fascinated by it. And they've studied it amazingly well. Because if you get the ones at the very bottom breeding with the ones at the very bottom, they say you'll get the same kind of getting. There's really, this is what they say. But that's for the same terminology they use for, as I say, for people in the British Isles for, for centuries and centuries. You, know? you go back into, to, uh, I could go on and on. There are segments of society that look down on different occupations and. One that's a favourite to be looked down upon is farming for some reason, and because it's the most important thing they can possibly have to get food uh, to live. You know, so it's rather, I'd say it's more important than the than everything that lives on top of it, right up to the parasitical groups at the very, very top. Obviously, um, use everything that that's, that sustains the public, the, the general population. And enrich themselves off of it. Without farming, none of that would exist. There would be no top. <laughs> Think about it. So it's kind of ridiculous to look down upon farming, which is so essential. And it's and it's it's also there's a lot of science involved in farming to make uh, crops grow, etc. It's a matter of just putting a hole in the ground and dropping a seed in, as Mr. Bloomberg mentioned in it's an article a few months ago, a couple of months ago. There's a lot more to it, and it's hard work. None of us would survive without the farmer. It's the most basic thing. What do you need to live? Food. In a system who believes that the highest thing is to, to get money and deal with money and, and acquire as much money as possible. And then you end up with all the ills that that causes in the world. Hmm? You really have dilemmas, don't you? In other words, the more psychopathic a people are, the more successful in that system they've designed for themselves will happen to be. And the more they'll despise the people at the bottom that really either can't or have no inclination to get to climb up there and acquire incredible wealth. But what they're doing is so vitally important, or the ones at the top would be starving to death. You know, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. You'd think the ones at the bottom would get more applause for what they do, that they're bent over and working hard. And they owe so much to, to farming, absolutely. That's why farming is the first thing to get controlled. Eh? They want to keep the prices high. I read the articles a few years ago, in fact, when the United Nations, uh, because they have their own Department for Agriculture, and they get everybody else to sign on to their different agreements, and they can reduce the food supply of the planet and, and increase the cost. Because, as they say, them, they see, again, under energy, technocracy, en everything's energy. And Wells said it, and others since then said it, and ones that the, 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 the United Nations have said it, if you, if you feed the people and give them good food, then they're healthy. And if they're healthy, they're, you get, they can actually breed, successfully breed you know, with, with less problems and, or stillbirths and, and problems like that. But fertility improves, you see. That's a bad thing, having fertility improving, when their whole object is to bring it down, like the Georgia Guidestones. Hmm. The West, as Bertrand Russell said, had already been 
uh, tampered with, and that's why fertility would, would drop. And what's the biggest problem in the West? Infertility. Just coincidence, right? What I'm trying to say to you is you've got to get out from underneath this umbrella of what you think is normalcy of the system under which you live. We're definitely run by a world organization, massive. It's got tentacles and everything. And um, and you, you're seeing it now. With the, the whole, I say every country's politicians on board spouting the same lines, just like the, the news. Eh? It's like, it's like the news from Reuters. They're all spouting the same lines, line by line by line to the public. Why don't just give us one one news outlet? It would save a lot of money. You know? Why have them all saying the same thing? Well, this would to give you the idea that they're all independent and different, but they're not. When they're all spouting the same stuff. That's why. And they still have a few other things to finish off yet, you know. But you've got to start thinking for yourselves and um, and not falling for everything that's offered to you, you know, whether it's information or anything else. Those on the streets, and this is how, when you study the, the, the psyche of the crowd of revolutionaries, uh, when you study the, the, the writings that are put out by Weishaupt and his group, The reason that, that literally they were hunted huh, in Bavaria, but they'd already, they'd, they'd already moved out and long ago into the, the wider world through the lodges, and, and it's been recorded they were all through America too. But, but the, it, was the, it was the massive deception how every layer of society would be getting conned, basically, and fed lies for different purposes, and, and different factions created to be stirred up and to be used against other groups that would be stirred up to be used. It's quite amazing to see how well it was understood way back then how to do it all. And obviously been done already through experience and studied. You can imagine how well it's studied today, it's understood today, when you see it on the streets. And they know how to... to, to again, don't forget what um, Mazzini said. You know, Mazzini, Mazzini was taught by Albert Pike. And they, at that time, they didn't call it a communist party. They didn't call it a communist party till till, till uh, Lenin and, and and Trotsky were in power. Uh, they, they, but it was, up in, it was called the World Revolutionary Party. It was the same party that others had fallen for, uh, Lord Byron, you know, the poet and so on, and Tennyson. They all thought it was a, a romantic thing to join. And you can read Burke. Uh, talking about the French Revolution and other ones too, what happened. You see, you see the patterns in it, which never change. They always repeat themselves. And, they, and what happens is start fighting each other as the folk behind and doing all the burning and, and the, often the killing too, decide they're not getting all the things that were promised. And then they start to see flaws in the leaders. The reason being, the leaders are really there for a different purpose. <laughs> and uh, you, you see, it's all understood. But it's all been done before, you know, over and over and over. But again, again, Mazzini, um, in his writings, you know, back and forth to Pike, and it's, you can actually see these, where they actually said that um, they'd unleash the nihilists and the atheists on the streets. That's what they do. That's what you're seeing in, in the U.S. Under, under the pretense of, or under the umbrella of its sort of BLM, where the leaders admit they're, they're trained Marxists, 
they're getting funding again, just like all that they did before in the Bolsheviks from outside sources, well-funded multi-billionaires. I mean billionaires, eh? and uh, and well-directed too. It isn't just money they're getting; it's direction and training. And it's it's repetition. See how it's repetition. You're watching it all. You're living through it all. And you're getting to, and again, you get the Antifa group that jumped on board. You see the ones at the front of the BLM, but it's mainly white youngsters. But again, there's certain amongst them too, whose, whose great grandparents may have took part in the, the, old, the old Bolshevik revolutions. This is a fact. Some of them we can call already. And you'll see that I'll put a link up too to the woman in Oregon. One of them, do you see what happened in Oregon? It was quite amazing, where immediately this, the media and the Please start just to, oh no, there's rumors going around that, the, that these Antifa are starting to go out into the country and set fires. Uh, and they squashed that immediately, that whole, oh, just rumors, rumors. There's no credence to it. All the media said that. And then you see woman, a woman jumping out her truck with a camera on and grabbing one, getting one at gunpoint, who was setting a fire to the brush near her home. And, and she held them till the cops arrived. Eh? That's, this has been happening. All, a, few, a whole bunch of them were caught before that doing the same kind of thing. Other ones with Molotov cocktails chucking them from cars. And that the media is trying to tell you it's not happening. What kind of power has got that? Did they get the better to do that? <laughs> you understand? If they can't tell you that basic truth, there's nothing you can believe from them ever, folks, on anything. Fool me once, eh? Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. You can't go back to believing the media when they're when they've got such lens to lie to you. But that's standard stuff that happened then too. They're giving their instructions. You go out into the rural areas to terrify the public and you burn their places down. Yada, yada. The same thing, thing happened in Australia what was it, a year ago. They had all the fires going through there under the climate change agreements. We weren't going along with it and all that. And all, so all these fires just broke out in the brush everywhere. And they caught them. I read the articles. I kept the articles too. Where the, the cops caught a lot of them going out there and, and setting fire to the brush and the bush. So it's... It's repetition, folks. Standard stuff. But the media's going to tell you, is, oh, no, no, it's not. You're, you're my, that fire, look, are you going to believe your lying eyes or what I tell you? Hmm? And also, too, I, I do read all the emails. It's awfully important to get information from people. And I, it's, 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 it's touching when you can get into people's lives. And you get the, the problems they're going through uh, during the COVID and with the personal things that are happening too. And and that's the real world. That is the real world, folks. And uh, people are going through everyday kind of problems of all kinds and family problems and marital problems too and in different countries. And um, and now they've got this, all this COVID thing on top of them as well. Lack of funds, lack of money. Fear of losing jobs, already lost jobs, small businesses collapsing like dominoes, you know, one after the other. All, all by design, folks. Nothing to do with reality. You got a virus that, 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 that it won't get lethal or attack you as long as you're eating. But not drinking coffee or alcohol uh, or anything, but, but uh, 
it'll attack you then, I guess. But, but if you're eating, it, it just, it's an intelligent virus, you see. It'll, it won't touch you then. And you'll get arrested then for, for, for having a mask off to eat, see. Isn't that pleasant? Oh, can you believe this nonsense? Can you believe it? But again, getting back to even Dad's Army, that's, that was, I'd, it, it, during one episode of Dad's Army, a, a comedy, right? About World War Two in Britain. Uh, Mannering declares martial law for the town and rattles it off, you know, one after the other, dud, 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 and, and no more than five people gathering at any time during the day and only two in the evening if they've got a purpose for being there, blah, blah, and curfews at night, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, this, this, these folk laughed at it then. But today, whoa, 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 was this Australia? <laughs> the whole world's seen, seen that, the shame, the utter shame that these goons over there in uniform should be feeling, you know, for what's happening. Is, is something else. But they've had this the same police mentality since they were created as a penal colony, you know. And there's histories of some of the islands of South Australia where they put a lot of the prisons and so on. Just horror stories when you look at the histories of them. Absolute horror stories. And the brutes that they had for tort they tortured prisoners, you know. And don't forget in those days to get it colonized. Britain had had all the laws out. Uh, stealing a roll of bread, if folk were starving, would get you shipped off there and into prison, and then you worked as a, as a slave. That's what it was. You worked plantations and so on, as slaves. Eh? What a horror show! Huh? But they, they had that that thuggery of of the the guards system. Uh, and I've I've read quite a lot about different islands and and the reports up to the up to the from the present time even people go back into history books and and to the records of these places and and locals who lived outside the could hear the screaming at nights as folk were tortured and beaten and horror stories. Well, it's the same thugs that you put in uniforms today, folks. It's, unfortunately, it's true when you look at Australia. There's no doubt about it, and it isn't just Australia. Uh, we've had, a, again, the Xbox generation that wanted to get into to, to either killing folk in the military, right from Xbox to, to, to uniform, or into the into the, the police departments. This, the attitude change is massive, it's different. And they're so politicized. Certain groups, they won't go near because they don't want to lose their jobs. <laughs> so certain groups can, can, can create mayhem, and, and, and they're untouchable. So you have select groups now that, that, that are okay to, to, to hammer with truncheons or beat them up or whatever because no one's going to stand up for them. That's where you are today with this. I've got all books saying this would all happen from, from studies that were done years ago. Sad, isn't it? But that's where we are. Now I want to get into a few stories here. So again, keep the, keep the emails coming because I like to keep in touch. Because and, and, it's real history. It's folk, what you experience in your own life is the real history. I've always said that. The books are all fudged later, but uh, reality is fudged right now if you read the, the mainstream. And real time is fudged. But um, you've got to, your real stories are what matters, you know. They used to get passed down in families to children at one time. 
mainly through the mothers. That's why they wanted mothers out of the homes, because the culture primarily was put through the mother, the history of the family and the people. Nothing happened by accident here, folks. Or to help women earn money, get some extra tax base for sure. But no, there's a different reason behind all. Now here's Helena Handbasket. Helena Handbasket gives you a good idea of Ireland. Ireland is amazing because it is a bit of a basket case, isn't it? And um, that's that's Helena Handbasket. And it's about um, one is Anne uh, McMahon. It's times like these when you need your head examined, it says. And uh, and yet another disgusting display of gutter press. Comic book de- degree scribbles. The Irish examiner stoops to the level of anti-Semitic style. This is a this is a psychological warfare, uh, sloganizing, stating that at least three thousand coronavirus deniers marched through the Dublin yesterday afternoon. This is what they're told to put out. It was the same thing with the climate deniers, right? After Holocaust deniers, they kept using it for for anybody who would go along with anything at all or who have doubts on anything. So it says, um, in what's the commonplace in the world of mainstream media, so-called journalist Anne or Ian McMahon of the Irish Times tweeted on behalf of the Irish Examiner and was clearly collusion between these two mainstream media whore rags. But her gutter-press nonsense can't even stand up to the most basic scrutiny. She first claims that this was an anti-face mask demonstration before changing the narrative again to there are at least 3,000 coronavirus deniers marching through Dublin city centre. Slogans range from take off your mask and it's, it's only common cold to wake up people. So you're a, a coronavirus denier. <sighs> there you go. Did you hear too, and I'll put it up again, the link to to um, Robert Kennedy Jr., his talk in Berlin. And uh, he said, he started off his talk to them in the open air in front of the big massive crowd that he said that uh, the press said that I would be meeting, was it 5,000 Nazis here? That's why they put it in the press before he even gave his speech. And he says, he said, he said I don't see Nazis anywhere. You know, he, he, he let them have it, the folk that were put, the, the press were lambasting him for daring to speak out to, to, the, to the people and the injustice of the massive lockdown, etc. See, there's nothing they won't stoop to. And that's straight out of the Communist Handbook, too. And the Ayers Manual, too, in the States, was the same thing as Bill Ayers' one, with their underground. Always, always gives, you must get smear tactics on everything. Smear. And, and repeat it and repeat it, because it'll stick eventually. Whenever you use the same term on anything that happens, just keep using that same term. And people will immediately back off, no matter what the topic happens to be. Shuts them up. So anyway, here's that was this is Helen Handbasket telling you what they're doing there, and how the uh, but these prostitutes, uh, these folk in the, the media are prostitutes anyway, generally, and um, they know how to get their bread buttered and get promoted up the ladder. Of course they do. Another article by the same author is locking up infected politicians would be a start. And as Dublin prepares for more mass protests against government tyranny under the guise of a fake pandemic, it comes as no surprise that the city has now been threatened with further restrictions on movement and gatherings. Well, that's emergency powers or martial law, as they call it. 
All NATO countries, by the way, I've got the article here, have signed on to this, this exact same agenda, right down to the forced man, uh, mandated vaccination. But uh, he, he puts up the links that they're all on board, the Irish Examiner, the Independent Irish, and, uh, and uh, RTE News Politics. It says, tyranny once unleashed cannot be curtailed unless the people gather in large numbers and demand, first vocally and as a last resort, violently, to overthrow their tyrants. We've seen the same actions lauded in the mainstream media and countries supported by the West and North Africa, the Middle East and elsewhere. Most recently, Belarus, albeit that this is orchestrated by the West, as courageous and noble acts by brave people to curtail tyranny to overthrow their brutal dictators. It's a colour revolution. See, we've been funding all the colour revolutions, but you'll have one at home yourself. It's not authorised. They'll, they'll, they won't allow it, you see. By the way, I mean, uh, you're, you're, I said years ago uh, that, that they're, they were training a generation to grow up, you know, to overthrow their parents, your grandparents, and the system through the colleges, through the schools and colleges. And I said, I said the same thing too. I said, the great big eating machine that the West has been using all, for 30 years now, we had Gulf War one right through into Afghan War and then into uh, Iraq and a whole bunch of other countries too across Africa and eventually going into, um, towards Syria and, and taking out Libya one after the other. And there's a whole bunch yet that started to take out in Iran and so on. Um, I said, eventually this big eating machine that you've all been paying for and supplying the troops material for will come back home to, to eat you all. Well, welcome to it, folks. Here it is. This is it. <laughs> and you have big color revolutions that are the soft, but the, this, it's the kind of soft, in between soft and hard power, they call it soft if it's really protesting. And that's why they want to keep it calling it a, a soft power at the moment as they burn cities down. But that, that's a precursor to the big one, you know. And then, and then they're going to use the troops on the streets with the COVID thing and the vaccinations and curfews and yada, yada, yada. That's just what they want. It's, it's in uh, their Emergency Powers Acts I've got here for Britain and for uh, Canada too, and a few other countries. But all NATO countries, it's the same one when you look at them. But as uh, the hypocrisy of that same media, the back to the article, should be as clear as crystal to those with the eyes to see through the outrageous lies and propaganda of an establishment media intent on perpetuating terror upon its own nation, deceiving and lying blatantly to prop up the tyrants masquerading as the ruling government of Ireland, an unelected puppet regime bending over, some quite literally, to globalist masters. The Irish nation have no interest in serving, and the majority of whom know nothing about the folk don't know who's running them, do they? They don't know anything about it. Who's really running them, do they? Hmm. They have knowledge to a limited extent of the European Union, which has devastated the country on the back of massive loans, which the Irish taxpayer has been put on the book for. And I've got the articles. I remember the, the videos, too, from the World Bank and IMF, when, the, when they were giving uh, the, their diktats to the Irish, because they're up to the eyes in the hawk after the last bank crash. It wasn't just in the States, that was worldwide, right? By the same crooks that are bringing you COVID, by the way. Because that's the same system that's running all, all parts of their, of their program, you see. 
And I remember too, Ireland literally was saying, oh yeah, the EU kept saying, oh, take all these loans on, oh my goodness, and you get all these, and stacks of Russian companies rushed there too. There was a lot of crews run out of Russia towards the end, believe you me, with their loots and got out of the country and went all over the world, but some of them sit on Ireland for, and they were getting tax-funded um, backups, not public-private partnerships. You know, you put so many bucks in and the public will put all the rest in. And then you're left holding the, the bill, you see, the tab to the big banks. That's how it was all set up. And encourage the, the, the Irish to borrow and borrow. Oh, no problem. You're going to be, the sky's the limit because the future is so rosy and golden. And they all fell for it, you know. Bang. Now you're back to square one. Uh, totally under the, the, the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Yeah. There you go. It says there's no shortage of useful idiots walking in the wings to be let loose on Irish society. We've seen such useful idiots scum on the streets under the banner of paedophile supporting Antifa in recent weeks. And it's true, Antifa's <laughs> not just for destruction of the family unit, being Marxist and the whole thing. It's also um, supporters of um, uh, intergenerational sex, etc. It's very, very much um, Radorno promoted. Yeah. They'd eventually down to not just pedophilia, but down to necrophilia. Even then, anything left of the old culture had to be utterly eradicated, including the people who remembered it, folks. You get in the picture? (sighs) Anyway, it says here, there's there's simply a terrorist tool of government and as such deserve all retribution should they continue to show up at peaceful anti-eternity protests. It's been good to see that these animals are not having it their own way at all. Their minute in numbers, clearly politically illiterate, are being called out as the perverts they clearly are. They've got other things happening in Ireland, by the way, by the pedos involved in this as well. And it's been good to see that these animals are not having it on their own way, blah, blah. At least one attribute they share with their political pimps is, is the deviancies. Is, you know. People are not so blind that they can't see these vile excuses for human beings for exactly what they are, and thus treat them accordingly. These are parasitic viruses drunk on the level of power they have to create chaos in the nation, knowing full well that every single news hack outlet and per- person within their disgusting industry will back them, prostitute themselves to the realm of evil for a vastly inflated pay packet or simply so they won't be exposed as no better than Antifa in terms of their debauchery, albeit better dressed and better smelling than their low-level useful idiots, pedophile colleagues on the streets. You see, you don't realize this is partly the supposed... The revolution is a, a continuation of the destruction, not just at the end of the family unit, and now they're stepping it to the next step. But there was left. Well, you still got children, you know? Again, it's an emotional thing. I'll get brought up and, oh, we're all here to protect the children. We can't even say that anymore when you're, when we're, you're aborting most of them these days. I mean, hey, we've we got to look at ourselves here. We're all, we're all part of the society here, you know? And... Um, and again, uh, those who utterly hate you as a species want to take it down to, to there's nothing left of any of your history or, or even, a, uh, even a memory of family units or your old cultures or anything to do with what we used to call decency has to be utterly destroyed. That's what Adorno was on about. Uh. Mm-mm-mm. And here we are watching it all getting promoted and promoted. 
And California, they, you probably saw that. They, they didn't pass a law. To, what they did was alter the law a little bit. They claimed to bring it into line with little girls getting raped, supposedly, so that little boys you know, can, can have uh, affections with uh, adults, as long as the adult is no more than 10 years older than the child. So it's, it's, it's a step-by-step, step, you know, until... And I gave the talks years ago from the top, just from the top perpetrators that attended world meetings of the censorship committees for, for media who were all on board for it. And, and they said the next step is for intergenerational sex. There'd be no such word as pedophilia eventually. It has to be eradicated, that term even. And um, that was eradicate the terms when, when they've succeeded and changed the terms to nice terms, you see, nice terms. And it was just intergenerational Love, you see. And, uh, oh well, I won't even get, get into that. I think we're so far gone as a society. That's, you know, the children don't have much of a chance. You already had it with uh, last week's talks when I talked about, so I mentioned um, one teacher in the, in the U.S., in New York, who was far left, you might as well say he's communist too, who was complaining and worried because with the, with the in-at-home internet learning, it was all designed, by the way, by Bill Gates, for those who don't know that, he, he came up with a big program to, it'll be the reimagining, reimagining education, just like you're reimagining policing, reimagining healthcare, reimagining, this is all from the same characters. Huh? But anyway, um, that's what, they, that's what this, this teacher said, he was getting worried that the parents might catch on to what they're getting taught, these young children to do with, you know, what we're talking about now, as an example. Mm-hmm. But again, the, the folk have no idea there's been a war. There is a war on you all. And there has been a war on your parents and grandparents, even further back than that, a complete war to eradicate your culture and your memories and your way of being and to introduce this new one. Which has been authorized, which 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 would never work functionally, because it's against all all the things that worked before. It can't survive itself. And that's quite fascinating, just to even understand that much, to see how it's all getting pushed. Anyway, uh, Helena here, handbasket, <laughs> Helena handbasket is uh, talking about total rebellion and so on. And talking about all those who who caused the problems have to be basically brought to justice. And that's true. Uh, I've said it before that Bush Jr., after uh, he was out, you know, with his slaughtering wars, etc., on behalf of others, uh, leaving in everybody with the bill at home, said, you know, he says, oh, yeah, I remember telling, there was a guy next to him, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was, McCain or whoever he was telling, he said, but so I remember telling him, I said, if the public ever find out what we've been doing, meaning deceiving them all and calling them into wars, if they ever find out what we've been doing, he said, he says, they'll chase us down the street and big bobs, he says, with rope in their hands. Well, shouldn't he be brought up in crimes against humanity, a war criminal? All these folk who, who, who are on the drumbeat, the massive drumbeat, to, to totally destroy society even using COVID, closing down the entire world's industries and small businesses, completely gone, most of them, by design, 
First time in history, lock down the healthy. <laughs> Stop all commerce. Guess what happens? Oh, governments, please feed us. And they'll come out. Oh, the governments sending out squads to food to deprived areas. And say, oh, thank goodness. Aren't they wonderful? And the media are going to ask, aren't they wonderful? Yeah. Angels of mercy in uniform. Oh, you can see it all now. But then they should all be, and all these liars that have lied. Look, look at the lies they gave you and admitted to it now, eh? That they inflated the numbers. 96% didn't die of COVID that they had done before. And it's very doubtful if the, if the other 6% did either, to be honest with you. They died of anything. You're getting put down as COVID. They're still, but and I gave the articles up last week and the week before, from the sources for Canada and the States and Britain, and they're still saying for every one that could have COVID, right, if you test COVID on that stupid test, the swab test, eh, which is completely bogus, but if, they, if, if it comes back positive, they can put down their computer systems that they probably have already infected 10 people, each one infected 10, to inflate their numbers. They're still, they're still doing that. Why don't these folk get arrested? And the folk who gave you these, who, who destroyed your economies by design or in advance before you heard of COVID, this was planned, folks. Event 201. Lockstep as well. So put them up. Another article, too, where we get away from a handbasket here. Drunken decision making tyrants laugh at publicans. That's people who own the pubs in Britain. And the public, whilst downing taxpayer subsidised booze at work, talking about the politicians in Ireland. And uh, it says, the latest stab in the back in the culture of establishment superiority complex on steroids. The Dale uh, private bar, this is the politician's private bar, is open to, to totalitarian drunks, TDs. <laughs> While the rest of the country's 3,500 bars remain closed. So they've closed all the bars. But the ones, ones for these pot, they can go to their own bar eh, and get Drunk, huh? And it says the rest on three and a half thousand other bars are, are to remain closed unless they can provide a substantial cooked meal. What the heck is substantial in this day and age? Substantial cooked meal. So I guess the virus again won't, if you're having a drink, it'll attack you like crazy. This would be great for the prohibitionists, eh? You can imagine that if they had, if they could have drummed up the COVID idea back then, eh? Oh, the demon drink will get you. That virus is going to get into it through that beer there and down you go. Hey, that's it. But if you're eating a meal, it's okay. The virus is, well, it's, got, it's a pitiful virus. It's a poor soul's probably needs that, that dinner there. Right? And we are dumb enough to believe and go along with this nonsense. Right? Anyway, this assumes that the common cold or, or, or given its new normal name. Coronavirus knows you're eating and therefore cannot possibly infect you. There you go, see? There you go. Mm-hmm. But it's true enough. I mean, it's, it's, we're living through absolute mockery of logic here by design. And one, two, is DARPA funded implantable biochip to detect COVID 19 could hit the markets by 2021. An experimental new vaccine developed jointly with the U.S. government claims to be able to change human DNA and could be deployed as early as next year through a DARPA-funded injectable biochip, it says here. 
I'll put this one up. And it says the revolutionary breakthrough came to a Canadian scientist named Derek Rosie in 2010, purely by accident. Yeah, sure, sure. The now retired Harvard professor claimed in an interview with the National Post in Canada that he found a way to reprogram the molecules that carry the genetic instructions for cell development in the human body, not to mention all biological life forms. So you take the shot, folks. You know, <laughs> good luck to you. And uh, so he says, these molecules are called messenger ribonucleic acid, or mRNA, you see, ribonucleic acid is RNA, and the M is the messenger. Yeah. And the newfound ability to rewrite these instructions to produce any kind of cell, listen to this, to, to produce any kind of cell within a biological organism has radically changed the course of Western medicine and science, maybe even the human bodily structure, eh? Hmm? It says, even if no one uh, has really noticed yet, as Rosie himself puts it, the real important discovery here was you could now use mRNA, and if you got into the cells, then you could get that mRNA to express any protein in the cells. That means expresses a switch on, you know, and express any protein in the cells, and this was the big thing. It's so big that by 2014, Rosie was able to retire. No joke, are you surprised? After the company, he co-founded with flagship pioneering, it's called the flagship pioneering, I guess, private equity firm to exploit his innovation. Moderna Inc. This guy's part of the establishment. You know, he's in their front, obviously. This is how it's been done in your whole life and before you were born. So Moderna Inc., right? That's invented nothing up until now. Do you understand that too, right? The, the only company that Fauci said he, he, he trusts them to make the vaccine. It's just surprising, you know. Made nothing before. All ready to go, though, eh? Attracted almost half a billion dollars in federal reward monies to begin developing vaccines using the technology. No longer affiliated with Moderna beyond his stock holdings, Rosie is just watching for what happens next. And if he's anything like the, the doting hockey dad, that's how they present him in Canada. Oh, he's a hockey dad. Like, we're all nuts on hockey or something. Uh, he's portrayed to be, he must be horrified, eh? Mm-hmm. Remote control biology. As early as 2006, DARPA, right? That's a military wing for, that makes all that stuff for military. ARPA part, before they call it DARPA, it's always called ARPA. It gave the internet from the Cold War days, eh? It says DARPA was already researching how to identify viral upper respiratory pathogens through its Predicting Health and Disease PhD program, which led to the creation of the agency's Biological Technologies Office, BTO, as reported by Whitney Webb in a May article, which I have as well, for The Last American Vagabond in 2014, DARPA's BTO launched its in vivo nanoplatforms, IVN, which researchers... Um, implantable nanotechnologies leading to the development of hydrogel. Hydrogel is a nanotechnology whose inventor early on boasted that if it pans out with approval from the FDA, then consumers could get the sensors implanted in their core uh, to measure their levels of glucose, oxygen, and lactate. This con- contact lens-like material requires a special injector to be introduced under the skin where it can transmit uh, light-based digital signals to a wireless network like 5G. That was actually shown at one of the world's technology symposiums they had uh, a year ago, or maybe two years ago, 
Um, I'm not sure it was of Switzerland, maybe. I don't can't remember. But anyway, it's, they have so many of them. But um, I remember some organisations that attended it put out videos of the, the match. They had volunteers and actually saw them implanting this thing in the back of the hand. Eh? And uh, this is this is a big. This is a, a real. Uh, this video of it up there. I think True News. True News. If people sometimes come down on any kind of religious site, but they put a lot of good news out too. But they did have a, a clip, I think, of this happening in one of their talks this year. And um, you guys should see that the guy getting the thing injected into his, his hand at the, at the demonstration itself. So this has gone on, folks, you know. And again, they had, they had old ones too from a few years ago where they, had, they tried some of these things out for people who went to discos in Spain and places like that and, and in California. And you could actually use it like a credit card. It, would, it, could, it could take off, the, just deduct it by swiping your hand across the machine, the cost of the drinks and so on. Hydrogels are now technology. So then it says that um, the FDA, then consumers could get the sensors implanted in their core, right? And it says, a penny aside, a 3D printed uh, hydrogel model of a lung, a lung mimicking air sac at Rice University's Houston, our BRC lab. So it shows you uh, the, the, the size of this thing alongside a penny, you know. Once firmly implanted inside the body, human cells are at the mercy of, uh, uh, of the mRNA program delivered via the substrate, unleashing a nightmare of possibilities. Is perhaps the first true step towards full-on transhumanism, a philosophy, a philosophy is which that's uh, has been rather light with the word I think that is on in vogue with many powerful influential people such as Google's Ray Kurzweil and Eric Schmidt. Now they're the front people to promote all, and whose proponents see the fusion of technology and biology as an inevitable consequence of human progress. The first term was used by Julian Huxley, uh, transhumanism. And at that time, he referred to it to people like himself who came up with the proper breeding, like kind of inferring that they'd been, the mothers and fathers had been selected carefully, just like Charles Darwin, of course, who the Darwins only married with the Wedgwood family for generations. Some of them married their, 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 their aunts and so on. I think, in fact, Darwin, Darwin's wife died. He, he died. He married as his mother's sister. There were Darwins, you see. So anyway, um, yeah, it was the same thing with with, uh, with Huxley, you know, Julian Huxley. And Julian, um, in, in his talks at UNESCO, to, part of, again, to create a, a world educational system to indoctrinate and get a standardized system of the public under UNESCO, uh, you're using science rather than any other moral authority, just science uh, as indoctrinative technique and, and purpose. He did say that uh, we are transhumanists, meaning the ones who want to change the world. I mean, this, this select, strange group again, again, the same group that brought in the Lord Alfred Milner group and all the different characters you read in the, the modern history, fairly modern history, uh, belonging to this world-dominating society for an empire, standardizing the world and its resources under their hands, uh, but wanting to help the people, you see, wanting to help people the same. They're doing it all for altruistic reasons, like empire building and wars and things. It's for, you know, they're illuminated people, right? So, so yeah, uh, this is, he calls says we are, we are transhumanists. The very fact that we have these ideas to, to help society and the poor souls, 
makes us transhuman. We're only sacrifice everything to become transhuman. So a separate species ties in with, with uh, Lord Bertrand Russell's when he said in, in, in his book, he said that eventually with the proper breeding and selective breeding, like designed by experts for the, for the upper classes, he says, they'll eventually become a separate species. You understand? Anyway, there you go. And by the same token, by bringing down and reprogramming the, the, the general public down below, the proles, <laughs> uh, you become a separate species anyway, wouldn't you? A different one. So anyway, this article goes on and on, on. A wholly owned subsidiary, it says in July, a preliminary report filed by Fauci's NIAID, National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Disease, and the National Institute of Health, which is part of, I've read there are days, but then IH is part of the executive branch, eh? on an, an mRNA vaccine against SARS-CoV-2 was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Concluded that the, the, the mRNA-1273 vaccine provided by Moderna for the study included an anti-SARS-CoV-2 immune response in all participants and in no trial limiting safety concerns were identified and supported further development of this vaccine. That was at the start, remember that was in July, but then they did get uh, some, some folk getting sick with it, yada yada. And don't forget too, that this is common. Most of these vaccines will give you, a, a, they'll develop, you'll find, oh, well, yeah, we took a blood sample afterwards and it had developed some immune cells to it, you see. Most of them will do that, but the, the problem is when you when you meet a COVID virus or, or any coronavirus afterwards, you know, it's just the nineteen, um, or the COVID two is what you call it as well. You might get a, a massive uh, response to it, uh, a vaccine enhanced respiratory response, which is cytokine storm, which will kill you. That's that's what's happened with vaccines before a lot of them. That's why you have this long term study over a few years. This isn't happening this time. They've given themselves immunity. You'll see that with all the, the NATO um, agreements, with all the emergency powers for the vaccine. They'll put up tonight uh, that, uh, yeah, that they're bypassing all these tests and so on. And giving immunity to everybody involved in, in administrating these, these uh, vaccines to, to you all. There's nurses, pharmacies, and, 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 and everybody else they bring in on the act, including the troops that are going to go in door to door. There you go. So anyway, I'll put this article up and some other ones as well to do with the same article because they say that it was also in uh, the, the National was the National Post in Canada as well. And elsewhere, there's quite a lot of data on this this guy in the article too. Yeah, just, amazed, just coincidentally that he formed a company before, years before and, you know, just in case and, you know... <laughs> Yeah, he, he, here's the PR piece here, it says, uh, again, National Post, the PR, I'll put this up. Heroes of the pandemic, meet the Canadian hockey dad behind COVID-19 vaccine developer Moderna. And that's from the National Post itself, eh? just wonderful. And it's hockey, 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 and uh, yada, 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 yeah. It's just, and there's a little video there too, if you want to see it, but... Uh, yeah, hockey, hockey, and hockey in Harvard, eh? yeah, there you go, just, yeah, it's, uh, it's the usual stuff, it's, it's the same stuff you would read on, on the create a, a pop singer, or an actress, or an actor, or something like that, and another one too is, 
This article here is three futuristic biotech programs the U.S. government is funding right now. And that's from the, the, the Future Frontiers group here. And this is last month at a conference celebrating DARPA. Research arm of the Defense Department, FBI Special Agent Edward Yu, declared the 21st century will be the revolution of life sciences. Biomedical engineer Kevin Zeal had, has a sensor in his arm and chest that monitors his oxygen level in real time. Indeed, four years ago, the agency dedicated a new office solely to advancing biotechnology. Its primary goal is to combat bioterrorism, <laughs> protect U.S. forces, and promote warfighter readiness. But his readiness could also carry over to improve health care for the general public. All this money, they just can't stop worrying about you. Oh. With an annual budget of about $3 billion, DARPA's employees oversee about 250 research development programs working with contractors from corporations, universities, and government labs to bring new technologies to life. There you go. So you've got all these implantable sensors, you see and they've got the first man-made trial for the glucose sensor. If it pans out with approval from the FDA, then consumers could get the sensors implied in their core to measure the levels of glucose, oxygen, and lactate. There you go. Wow, isn't that wonderful? Near instantaneous vaccine protection during a pandemic. Traditional vaccines can take months or years to develop, then weeks to become effective once you get it. But when an unknown virus emerges, there's no time to waste. This program called P3. You don't need it. All you have to do is wear a mask during a pandemic, right? And guaranteed not to get it. Pull it down and keep eating. And you'll never get a virus. So you don't need this stuff. So it says the program called P3 envisions a more, uh, much more ambitious approach to stop a pandemic in its tracks. So it says uh, enlist the body as a bioreactor to produce therapeutics. How would it work? To fight a pandemic, we need about 20,000 doses of a vaccine in 60 days. If you have antibodies against a certain infection, you'll be protected against infection. This idea is to discover the genetic code for the antibody to a specific pathogen, manufacture those pieces of DNA and RNA, and then inject the code into a person's arm so the muscle cells will begin to produce required antibodies. And that's what they're doing with the Moderna, is particles, eh? Uh, of, the, of the actual viruses Mixed with another virus by the way Two different kinds are put together And it's meant to reprogram uh, the, the DNA through the RNA <laughs> And it goes through a, a, How it's going to work Rapid diagnosing of pathogen exposure Through epigenetics That's where they switch on and off They call expression Different uh, functions of cells and transmitters and so on Switch them on and off it's all switching. I remember this reading that years ago. This is where it's all going to go. And here it all is. They can switch it on and off in your brain too, different parts of it. And even protein, even hormones on and off, eh? Epigenetics, like switching, switching points, you might say. So they give this article here. And I'll put that up too, because there's too much to read, obviously, tonight. And you can, for those who, who are really interested, can read it themselves. Most folk really won't read this kind of thing. Uh, they want the emotional stuff, the as and oohs. And, but uh, if you really want to understand, here's information, you can get it yourself. And if it wins the FDA approval next year, the two-part sensor could help spot new infections weeks before symptoms begin to show. This is permanent lockdown, folks, with 
with the stuff to be stuck into you, etc. Yeah. Yep. And I'll put them all up, as I say. There's just too many of them. Another one, too, is mass testing. Oh, meaning testing the majority of the population using all possible means at our disposal remains the only way to restore confidence and allow the UK to live safely alongside COVID-19. This means an evolution in the government's testing strategy from one based on targeted testing to one that opens up testing to as many people as possible, as often as possible. Do you get that part? As many as, as often as possible. Over you and over you again and again. Test, test, test. Hmm? Getting the point? We are therefore asking the government to make establishing a mass testing regime its core objective. Ah, there you go. And this is the one I think that Boris Johnson okayed. Oh, this, this actual article is from Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. The guy who brought you the mass migrations because they all got all countries that got bombed into the dust. And uh, here he is again, still stirring the pot. Eh? And he, yeah, he's just such a great philanthropist. I guess, he's, I guess he's transhuman. He doesn't look human, does he? Mm. To me, but I'll put this article up too. But yeah, he's on board with it naturally for his bosses. Total, you know, vaccinations for everybody forever, forever. More and more of them, and here you go. Another article took the Stalinist trial of Julian Assange. Whose side are you on? And it's um, John Pillager. Most folk have forgotten who he is. <laughs> Which the media want you to forget, of course. And he goes into what happened to him, how he's doing, and so on. He says he'd never heard of a publisher or an editor invoke morality in this way. Assange believes that journalists are the agents of the people, not power. That we, the people, have a right to know about the darkest secrets of those who claim to act in our name. Well, that's a wonderful dream, isn't it? If the power to lie to us, we have the right to know. If they, if they say one thing in private and opposite in public, we have the right to know. If they could conspire against us, as Bush and Blair did over Iraq, and pretend to be Democrats, we have the right to know. It is this morality of purpose that so threatens the collusion of powers that want to plunge much of the world into war and wants to bury Julian alive in Trump's fascist America. Mm-mm-mm. It said in 2008, a top-secret U.S. State Department report described in detail how the U.S. would combat this new moral threat. A secretly directed personal smear campaign against Julian Assange would lead to exposure and criminal prosecution. The aim was to silence and criminalize WikiLeaks and its founder Page after Page revealed the coming war on a single human being and on the very principle of freedom of speech and freedom of thought and democracy. And the imperial shock troops would be those who call themselves journalists, the big hitters of the so-called mainstream, especially the liberals, who mark and patrol the perimeters of dissent. And it's just showing you how you're, you get targeted. By the way, all that is got in this article here is to be used in the next phase against everybody who's speaking out against COVID, by the way. Using the military and military cyber warfare and physical force if need be. This is the next step of it. Ontario imposes the highest fines in country for those who break the new COVID gathering limits. Oh, Captain Mannering, five, five. But this article says Ontario imposes the highest fines in country for those who break new COVID gathering limits. Hmm. And um, 
It's from LifeSite News. Ontario Premier, that's like the governor in, in the States, uh, of a, you know, Ontario Provincial Premier, Doug Ford, has imposed severe fines, for which would be the highest in Canada for those who break physical distancing health rules uh, put in place due to the coronavirus. In his daily media update on Thursday, Ford said that his government will throw the book at you if you break the rules with fines of a minimum of $10,000 for anyone who organizes illegal social gatherings and $750 for those who are at such an event. There you go. See, this is the next step. This is all put out by the way, event 201, step by step, the five different levels they would use. And now you're going into the end parts of it. The new restrictions apply to social gatherings in private residences, backyards, parks, and other recreational areas. This includes functions, parties, dinners, gatherings, barbecues, wedding receptions. No kidding, eh? <laughs> so there's no, no wedding receptions, no, no, no barbecues, no nothing. The new, new limits do not apply to events or gatherings in staffed businesses and facilities because they must already follow specific public health and safety guidelines. Well, all you have to do is put on black outfits and, and black face masks and little logos. You know what logos to put on, and and say you're 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 you know you're, you're, you're it's really a a gathering um, for you know the, the the authorized you know protests and stuff like that, and um, and I'm sure you get left alone then. They can't touch you. It's, you're you're too politically sensitive then. You've got a legitimate reason for doing for eating. You know, uh, together. <laughs> there you go. The hypocrisy is oh, glaringly. You can't trust it. There's not, there's not a single government department that got any credence because of the politicization of who can do things and who can't. You, you understand? You're in trouble when, you, when certain folk can do all the things that you can't do because of uh, political authorization, because of who they are. Hmm? But I'll put that up. And another article here was by Whitney Webb, and that was in June 12, 2020. Coronavirus gives a dangerous boost to DARPA's darkest agenda. In January, well before the coronavirus crisis would result in lockdowns, quarantines and economic devastation in the U.S. and beyond the U.S., intelligence community and the Pentagon were working with the National Security Council to create still-classified plans. And so the links to all this stuff in the article, by the way, to respond to an imminent pandemic. It has since been alleged that the intelligence and military intelligence communities knew about a likely pandemic in the US as early as last November, and potentially even before then. Given this foreknowledge and the numerous simulations conducted in the US last year regarding global viral pandemic outbreaks, at least six of varying scope and size, it has often been asked, why did the government not act to prepare if an imminent global pandemic and the shortcomings of any response to such an event were known? Though the answer to this question has frequently been written off as mere incompetence in mainstream media circles, it's worth entertaining the possibility that a crisis was allowed to unfold. Why would the intelligence community or any faction of the U.S. government knowingly allow a crisis such as this to occur? The answer is clear. If one looks at history as times of crisis have often been used by the U.S. government to implement policies that would normally be rejected by the American public, ranging from the censorship of the press to mass surveillance networks. Though the government response to September 11th attacks 
like the Patriot Act may be the most accessible example to many Americans. The U.S. government efforts to limit the flow of dangerous journalism and surveil the population go back to as early as the First World War. Many of his policies, uh, whether the Patriot Act after 9-11 or World War One, year civilian spy networks did little, if anything, to protect the homeland, but instead led to increased surveillance and control that persisted long after the crisis that spurred them had ended. Using the history as a lens, it's possible to look at the current coronavirus to see how the long-standing agendas of ever-expanding mass surveillance and media censorship are again uh, getting a dramatic boost thanks to the chaos, chaos unleashed by the coronavirus pandemic. Then goes into DARPA, who eh? has been largely out of sight and out of mind for most Americans. Then goes into the different projects that is often praised as bringing science fiction movies to life. However, there have been recent events that have marred DARPA's often possible portrayal by media outlets, which paints the agency as a beacon of scientific progress that has changed the world for the better. And give you links to these articles too. For instance, in 2018, a group of European scientists accused the DARPA, the DARPA's insect allies, remember reading that article, program of actually being a dystopian bioweapon program that would see insects introduce genetically modified viruses into plants to attack and devastate a targeted nation's food supply. DARPA, of course, maintained that its intent to use these insects to genetically modify plants was instead about protecting the food supply. See how you always play the game? Regardless of DARPA's assertions that it's merely a defensive program, it should be clear to readers that such a technology could easily be used either way, depending on the wielder. And don't forget, too, DARPA. Uh, even before you had the word, the term DARPA, before it existed as such, uh, we were breeding mosquitoes, the bomber mosquitoes we call them in Canada, at Bellsville, uh, Ontario, and sent them to the States when they had Plum Island on the go. And um, they could load up, it was a big mosquito that had been developed uh, for, for carrying an excess load of viruses or bacterium, because it's the infection load that you initially get that they can depend on where it takes in your body, or if, if it's too little, the body might be able to fight it at the source of entry, you see, at the, at the, where it's, it's punctured you. And so the, the more they carry, the more effective it is for biowarfare. And so they developed these, these big bomber mosquitoes, they call them, and sent them to the States and used them. So this is old stuff, really, you know. Um, and they've also even talked about get, not only giving viruses and plagues to people, but even they even had a, a program years ago where they where they they wondered if they could even give you the antibody, you know, the actual kind of an antidote to, to some of them uh, by using mosquitoes. It's, 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 you wouldn't believe the stuff. It's, it's way beyond sci-fi. But it gets I've even seen that thing in, in some sci-fi movies when the military releases stuff to cure folk. Uh, anyway, by using mosquitoes. This is a good article here. They're going to DARPA's uh, BTO in 2014, the different things that they've been working on, and Vivo Nano Platforms Program Diagnostic Branch, uh, abbreviated as IVNDX, investigates technologies that incorporate implantable nano platforms composed of biocompatible non-toxic materials in vivo sensing of small and large molecules of biological interest, multiplex detection, of an analytics and uh, and clinically relevant concentrations and external interrogation of the nano platforms without using implanted electronics for communication. <laughs> Long-winded indeed, eh? 
So they, they, again, they go into, well, we're really trying to sense nanoparticles, give them sensors and so on, so they can sense and treat illnesses and disease and infection and the inside of you. It ties with the previous eyes I mentioned tonight about these things too. Soft, uh, flexible hydrogels injected just beneath the skin to perform health monitoring. So they're here to help you. This whole military-industrial complex is really a beneficent sort of thing. That they can't. They worry about. They, they can they do enough to help you? Hmm? You start to get the picture. That's how things are always put across on you. Eh? Bill Gates slams the FDA. It's quite a few articles right now. Bill Gates doesn't want anybody to test it or, or even have any, any government authority to any do with the vaccine and then distribute it. He just wants them to make sure it's distributed and given to the people. But he doesn't want any testing done or anything else. And, and so he's just rushed up his PR campaign to sow doubts about President Trump's alleged political meddling with the FDA while also placing him in league, if only temporarily, with the vaccine skeptics. And Gates frequently rails against, uh, uh, says, during an interview with Bloomberg News, the Microsoft founder and Gates Foundation chair, who's persisted in his defense of the WHO, even because he pretty well owns it, despite growing evidence of missteps that attacked the FDA's credibility, claiming that he's no longer, he no longer believes that the FDA is the world's premier public health authority. <laughs> Bill Gates, as I say, doesn't even have a, a first age, a first aid uh, diploma <laughs> certificate. So he is telling the FDA that he doesn't believe that they're the world's premier public health authority. And Gates has helped finance several vaccine projects around the world. And again, I'll put some more of them up too, of all the different lawsuits from different countries. Sterilization of Africans and people in India too. I've heard that they also did it in some places in Latin America, but these are, I know about India and Africa for for sure, with the so-called tetanus shots that had... Uh, an ingredient in them that interfered hormonally and made them abort their children, but also made up almost a permanent sterility in some of them. Uh, that's a fact. It's, it's, this is all. I put up the articles. This has not happened. You know, this isn't just a rumor, put that way. And uh, oh. Bill Gates. I mean, the Bill Gates really is, is a. He, this character could have been sitting there with Blofeld on these movies. Honestly, could be eh? a stroke in a cat or something. Uh, with diamonds in its neck. I mean, uh, really, he belongs. In the point I'm talking. This kind of agency exists actually. Yeah. I tell you, self-made people. Eh? <laughs> ha 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 ha. Sure, just like his daddy was sure. Warning, Australia's running out of rice and may not have a single homegrown grain left by Christmas. That's it to hype up the fear, see? That's with Daily Mail Australia. And um, this is Sunrise, I guess that's a company. Chief Executive Rob Gordon warned families would soon be forced to eat rice imported from Vietnam as local supplies continue to dwindle. We're going to run out of Australian rice by Christmas, he told the Telegraph. There you go. And uh, low, it says low rainfall, dry weather and COVID-19, panic buying. Well, they've made sure that we're panicking because, because you can't trust the darn government. They know what's happening here. They know what's going on. Huh? Yeah. And don't forget, too, 
How much, of, how much of it are they exporting? It reminds me of Russia. It reminds me the Soviet Union, uh, when it took over um, other country, other little countries around about it, and it, and it grabbed the Ukraine. Uh, that was the breadbasket, not just of Russia. It was a breadbasket for a good part of Europe. It was massive exports they were putting out. Well, once once they come in, they 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 take the people off the farms, only leave a few on it initially, so the production just plummeted. And then they made sh- they had riots going on inside the cities because the people were starving. This is what they always do eh? to get control over the public. And then they started taking all the the, the grain away from the, the Ukrainian farmers that were left, and their farming implements. By the way, you see it's the old footage. Do you see these walking skeletons and children? This is what the Bolsheviks did to the people. You get in the picture here. The, the ones who say that they love you. And they're going to have revolutions to help you and bring a just society. And they starve all these folk to death. You should see this stuff. Whoa, whoa. If you can stomach it. And then again, then you found that Stalin was exporting stuff. What you could get to for money. As the folk were starving. Ooh. Yep, and, and then you wonder why they're lauded in history. You never, you never hear that anybody attacking that that particular revolution or the or the event of what happened in it. Never. How come? But Germany, it, oh, they were just the evil empire personified. But the the, 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 the Bolsheviks that did it all. Let's just starve what's about eight million of them in in, in the Ukraine death there, and also also teach these. These little peasant farmers' lessons, eh? Hmm. The spokesmen, the spokespeople of, of on behalf of the people, they represent the people. <laughs> and Australia pushes new measure to get detain COVID conspiracy theorists. It's called. And this is the next step, as I say. You know, uh, they also have vented frustrations and attempt to take back control of their communities after a surge in virus cases prompted the government. To re-implement this, I don't don't use their terminology. These aren't cases. These are folk who might have fragments of the viruses in the swab, but they're not ill. They're not ill. Big difference. So that's the excuse, of course. The government's using it to re-implement some of the world's most draconian social distancing measures. And if there's one, uh, if there's one thing that terrifies increasingly tyrannical governments, it's a loss of control of the narrative which is why the Australian government is getting a jump start on curbing any so-called conspiracy theorists daring to spread information that questions the fear-mongering being used to keep Aussie citizens under lock and key. A new bill is expected to be debated by the Victorian government and the state parliament this week. It gives local authorities the power to detain conspiracy theorists and people who refuse to self-isolate. This is actually the next unrolling of the British Commonwealth countries. Um, plans. They're all the same. I've read them step by step. They talked about it at the, uh, again, the, the event 201 uh, where they, what would happen before it hit, supposedly, or it was released <laughs> on the public. What they would do in the different stages they would use on the public to make them to obey and get them on their knees. They actually debated this, you know. And you can actually see the video of it for a lot of, if you care, you go through it, it's five hours long. That the ones actually uh, were eventually put in charge of it all. And that was the so-called test dry run. 
but here it is, you know. So you get put in prison because you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. This is what Russia did. Russia had the, 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 one of the most draconian systems of psychiatry, you see. And if you didn't go along with anything, you must be mentally ill or you would go along with it. Only, only sane folk have no problem going along with this. And that was it. Yeah, that was it. You can't fight it back. You can't discuss it, debate it. That was it. You're obviously crazy or mentally ill. Well, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're obviously a bit nuts, you see. And here it's the same. It tells me it's the same folk that gave you, gave you communism that's running all this at the very top. This is too many, too many things going into place. Tink, 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 you see. Too many things just fall into place. Same stuff, including a lot of terminology. Yeah. And it says, it could be applied to conspiracy theorists who refuse to self-isolate or severely drug-affected or mentally impaired people. So there you go, who don't have the capacity to be quarantined, to quarantine themselves. Those arrested under the new rule will be housed in quarantine facilities, these mental hospitals, folks. Here you go. Welcome back to, to the new Soviet system in Australia on behalf of the richest folk on the planet that own it all, just like they own us all <laughs> in the West as well. Hmm? The big organization that Gates and the rest of them all belong to. Hmm? Attorney General Joel Hennessy said the new bill would allow us to continue responding to the challenges the pandemic presents. I wonder what that is, eh? So we can keep protecting Victorians and delivering the services they rely on, as they've shut them all down, eh? So far, many of the anti-lockdown demonstrations have been held on the weekends. At least 200 people were fined and 74 were arrested in a protest in Melbourne on Sunday. If the bill is passed, some protesters would be rounded up and arrested and could spend time in a quarantine facility. There you go. They've already arrested a Melbourne woman for allegedly... <laughs> writing pro-anti-lockdown posts on social media. There you go. Uh, uh, uh. Remember the woman who, who, who had uh, talked about a protest and so and they, you see her busting in her place and arresting her. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 there you go. In a country where they pretend they're all so tough, right? The guys are just all tough. And how they... They hate the old system because they were all ex-convicts and stuff and they all fought for rights and freedoms and this is how they're getting treated and they're accepting this rubbish. Quite amazing, eh? There you are, using psychiatry again and opinions. What's my opinion? You're, you're obviously a conspiracy theorist, which is obviously mental, a mental illness. There you go. And another one, too, another video I'll show you on Zeta Rice is Please Invade the Farmer's Markets from a different site again. And the, the latest Chinese virologist that just came into America accuses Beijing of coronavirus cover-up, flees Hong Kong, and says, I know how they treat whistleblowers. Well, <laughs> you've, you've, luckily you didn't land in Australia, eh? Uh, you'd be a conspiracy theorist and locked up, mentally ill. So Lai Meng Yan told Fox News she believes that China knew about the coronavirus well before it claimed it did, but the other ones have said that too. Sarah's supervisors also ignored research she was doing that she believes could have saved lives and so on. And you don't know what to believe about this particular one because she obviously is wanting to give information in order to get into the country and stay here. On the other hand, she's mentioning it's, it's worse than they're telling you. 
which would fall in with what they're doing at this side. Do you understand how it's getting played right now? Where they want you to believe it's a real horrible thing. And maybe for, for Chinese it is, if it's ethno-specific. But um, she did say that she'd ask Fauci, he knows all about it. And again, the cover-ups in her country over what's really happening, etc., etc. And the Communist Party to control the coronavirus narrative. Well, she's, that's what we're getting to. We're, they're getting the current control of the coronavirus narrative. Same thing, isn't it? Same thing. <laughs> this other article here is... Um, some things I've put up, some things I won't. <laughs> the Prime Minister is Sage. That's the that's the group in Britain that's a, a, a running the whole. It's like the, it's like the the group is to do the coronavirus and so on, as opposed to the Cobra group that just deals with like terrorism. And, and, and I guess they need a, maybe I don't know a Viper project to deal with the, the politicians that are terrorising the public. But anyway, it says uh, PM's own Sage experts warned. This is Britain. Uh, his 100 billion pounds. Can you believe that a broke country, just flat broke, owning uh, as great, if they ever have great, great, great grandchildren, that they're all down to pay off a debt, which is impossible to pay off. So let's throw out 100 billion pounds. Moonshot plan, this is the one to test 10 million people a day. Do you understand what they're doing here? This this is, don't, don't shake your head thinking, well, because you know it's, it's all rubbish. What you're telling you is nonsense. It's, it's obviously got a different purpose behind it. It's to convince you that this is a, you, you, that it's utterly, it's a, you're living in terror and fear, and they're going to, they have to monitor you and, and test you for the rest of your lives, on and off, frequently. You know, I, I think I, I mentioned before, I looked at all the different universities in the States in the last week, and did a graph up and, and a, a chart with all the testing, they're testing all the students, the ones that are open at the university, testing them all for coronavirus. And had all the lists there. And it, and it had, um, it had a, a small amount, really, of students that would have the coronavirus. But all down them, for all the universities, a straight line, top to bottom, hospitalized ones, none, zero. Not, not a single one hospitalized, no. So it's, again, you're, you're meant to bash your head, saying, "For goodness, none of it's making any. It's not meant to make sense. It's for a different reason. It's the global reset, a whole new way of living. That's what they've said. It isn't just resetting money. It's resetting you physically with with vaccinations that are going to alter your genetic makeup permanently and your offspring if you're able to get any afterwards. Forever, yeah." <laughs> Uh, well, good luck if you have that kind of faith, I suppose. Coronavirus vaccine emergency powers to allow use of unlicensed COVID-19 vaccination in the UK. Well, it's the same everywhere, unlicensed, you know. It's untested everywhere. And um, the vaccine becomes available before the end of the Brexit transition period on 31st December and it's not been approved by the European Medicines Watchdog, the UK will use its own emergency res- regulations to sidestep EU law to allow the jab to be deployed due to the serious threat of the virus poses to you. What serious threat? Oh, yeah. So they're going ahead with it, you know, and it says here that I've got some from the government too, I'm going to put up, by the way, you know, from the government's websites themselves, some of them. But this one here, 
is um, it's not their website. A lot of articles are from their website, certainly. But it says if a vaccine becomes available before the end of Brexit, yeah, uh, they're going to allow the jab to be deployed due to the serious threat of virus. It admits it would be a, a very unusual step to use the extraordinary powers for an unlicensed medicine. <laughs> but it would be necessary in those circumstances to save to save lives from coronavirus. It's going to... They've already had bad effects from all across the whole planet. All, all the kinds of virus uh, uh, vaccinations they've tried out everywhere. And it says, they're trying to reassure the public that unlicensed doesn't mean untested. And that it's expected the vaccine will have gone through several safety trials before use in the general population. It actually says in it, when you read them, that the, the, the first test on about 20 people. Young people, generally. Healthy, and uh, and then they go on from there, tested, test them again, and expand a little bit and test them, but they're not even going to go through even one year or two years testing here. And it says, however, the, the plans also include invoking separate emergency power, which would give the government and all firms, organisations, and people involved in the supply chain, from the manufacturer to administering the jab to individuals, immunity from being sued in civil courts if someone becomes ill or dies as a result of an unlicensed vaccine. I've got, the, I've got them here, actually. I'll put them up from the government itself. It explains this. That blanket immunity on everybody, folks, as they, as they could possibly kill you. And you can't do a thing about it. You're going to be forced to take something and kill. It's called murder, huh? Well, not everybody will die of it. Whoever does die of it is, is murder. If they're going to be forced on the public. We should start using the proper terminology here. So they describe the COVID-19 as the biggest threat this country has faced in peacetime history. Can you believe this rubbish? It says a viable vaccine will go through the usual rigorous test and development and be shown to meet the expected high standards of safety, quality and efficacy before it can be deployed. It has, it has to be tested for years and follow-ups on these folk, long-term effects, etc. Not done. Oi, oi, oi. It says that the, the, the only, it, says it may be necessary because of the, you know, um, the emergency to speed up the process of authorization. Uh, and give it and deploy it before it's fully tested. So there you go. That's you, folks. There you go. I'll put all the articles up from the government, too. And the COVID-19 vaccination program interim playbook is called for jurisdiction operations. And this one is from the government, indeed. And uh, I'll put this one up as well. I want her Britain and uh, I think Australia somewhere. I've definitely got also at the US as well. There's not many I've managed to get this week. I don't get much sleep, as you can imagine. And this one's got 57 pages in it. It's for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, September 16, 2020. And uh, yeah, it's all in here. It's got everything in it. Blanket immunity. It goes through it all, one after the other. All the, all the immunity groups they're going to use from the military, police, uh, e- e- pharmacies, nurses, helpers, assistants, all this kind of stuff. Anybody who can give you a jab. Uh, and, and if you end up having an apple, you know, a deathly reaction to it, uh, well, no one's going to get sued for it. They're all going to be quite happy to do it to the next one. And uh, that's just what's going to happen, folks. And they've got uh, state local coordination. They've got Aubrey's names. They've got, they know all your homes where they're going to go and yada, yada, yada. And large numbers of doses available, supply likely to meet likely to meet demand. 
and uh, there's no problems with the demand of it having it having it all made and so on so and identifying and estimating critical populations describing and locating critical populations uh, vaccine vaccination providers recruitment and enrollment they're, they're, they're bringing in lots of people literally and i i really mean that i've read other articles where people who've lost their licenses are all getting brought in they'll do it they'll do they want the money <laughs> Uh, but so they also get your mouth shut from being lost of license for rather nasty things. But uh, yeah, this is this is what's going to come around you and jab you with stuff. And if you don't take it, well, you'll get locked up forever probably. And um, until you submit and go along with it, there's your choices. Eh? Quite something. And uh, we've got vaccine recovery. Yeah. Uh, how we store the vaccine, etc. Yadi, yadi, yes. And also through all the electronic different gadgets you've got, you'll get reminders from the government uh, on second dose reminders. Now remember, you might need three or four shots. So, uh, depending on your system, right? Eh? So, if you manage to survive the first two, you might end up getting more to make sure that you're going to definitely going to die with it. <laughs> but there you go. And and it's, it's, this is literally to alter your genetic system. Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System and Vaccine Safety Data Link, etc., etc. But it's got whole pages on uh, immunity uh, for prosecutions of all kinds, yada, yada, yada. Ones for children as well, and so on. It's a playbook, you know. They're going to play with you. And uh, from the CDC, eh? For the purposes of this document, vaccination provider refers to any facility, organization, or healthcare provider licensed to possess or administer vaccine or provide vaccination services. A COVID-19 vaccination provider is any vaccination provider who has been enrolled in the COVID-19 vaccination program. That also means that any, any cop could give it to you or a grunt from the army, eh? who've been enrolled in it. <laughs> there you go. Also, Homeland Security is involved in it. Now you know what they're all for, all these organizations. Uh, so, Homeland Security exercise and evaluation program that jurisdictions may find useful as they plan their own exercises. Mm. It'll take quite a while to go through it all, mind you. It's like a military operation. That's what it is, actually. It's a military operation, the way they've got it all worked out here. State and local coordination. Tribal communities in it too. Yeah, yeah, on, on, on. Anyway, I'll put this up. It's quite a, a read. I've got a few actually to put up. I'll, I'll see what I can manage tonight because it's there's an awful lot to upload, etc. Also, there's a Dr. Bregan, COVID nineteen totalitarianism legal report. There's a doctor who uh, and I think he's also a psychiatrist, but he came out with an attorney. They got in touch with each other to put a massive complaints and the government has no, in the US has no legal authority to shut anything down at all. Uh, there's nothing in the constitution anywhere. But they'll run over that anyway. They don't even bother with the constitution. But this is a attempt to restore the constitutional rights that have been stripped away by the state of Ohio's unjustified actions regarding COVID-19. Ohio stands up, has filed a suit in the Northern District of Ohio Federal Court to remove Governor Mike DeWine's emergency order. The group is represented by attorneys Thomas Renz and Robert Gargatz. 
We believe that the response to COVID-19 has been the greatest fraud ever perpetrated on the American public, Ryan said. The objective of this legal action is to force the state to honour the Constitution and stop the lies, manipulation and fear-mongering intentionally being promoted by public health officials and elected officials. And it goes on and on. But it is a documentary, a little talk with it too on, on YouTube, I think it is. I'll put up the link for that one as well. Now it's, it's war on police now, as you know, you know, because they're getting, you know, and all the youngsters at the bottom are, are saying, well, I've been going to kill the cops now and be a hero for killing the cops because everybody's applauding it, everybody's, everybody's authorizing it because they're not stopping us. And, and even attorney generals in some of these countries, these, these states, are letting them go. They're even putting them in prison when they get caught. In a dramatic moment, hero, mum of one cop, saves the partner's life, tending to his gunshot wounds after the Compton ambush. And it says here they were. Well, they actually see the video where they're sitting in their car, and this little guy waddles up to them, pulls out a gun, and shoots them through the window. She shoots them both, and she was shot in the jaw. And and she helped her colleague out and tried to stop his bleeding and so on. They're both bleeding. And um, she was 31, I think, uh, a 31-year-old mum. And. Uh, the, the, the guy who was with her the, in the cop car was a 24-year-old cop. But it's just, you know, that's okay. There's no, that's, that's not a, a terrible thing to happen, obviously, in this present climate, is it? And um, in fact, they've had lots of males saying, I hope they died. And by the way, I think an ambulance were taken to the hospital. Or was that a different one or the same one? And um, the, the Antifa groups, the BLM groups, were trying to stop that. The, 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 the ambulance getting into the emergency. When all this is over, you know, people have got to put everybody that's, that's pushed all this from the very top. It's not from the bottom, it's from the top. And you've got to charge them and, and have public public uh, trials for these characters. These are, these are enemies of the people, absolutely. Let's put all this out here to destroy your culture, using every means they can, destroy everything, locking everything down with, with a COVID thing that literally... Um, obviously has not been anywhere near as serious as I've said. Yeah, some folk have died, but they've died the cold and the flu and everything else too. They're so sick, some of these people. And they know this. They've fudged the figure so much because there's a bigger agenda at work, as you all know. But the people involved, if you could catch them, if you had a real world and it was all real and it was just a few people, nasty people in a small organization, you could deal with But you're dealing with something that runs the world. Hope you understand that. This is a big, massive organization across the planet. It's been here before you were born. And they don't get elected in. They put the folk in that you elect or think you elect. And they choose them as well. The resonance of extremist narratives amongst young people in Britain. Uh, new research, it says. And it says anxiety and uncertainty caused by global health crisis only exacerbating it, strengthening the hand of those seeking to undermine and divide societies. And once leading up to the pandemic, the terror attacks at Fishmongers Hall and Streatham uh, showed how Islamist extremism continues to inspire violence in the streets of Britain while the live threat of far-right terrorism... This is Tony Blair again, by the way. His, his, one of his many big foundations. Eh? Just, you, the guy, again, the, he was picked to be a little star here, this little disgusting buff, you know what? And uh, and here he is as a front man again, still with, with foundation. A man who caused mass migration by bombing folk out of their homes and their countries. 
a man who, who's, who's sidekick, you know, his deputy prime minister, came out and said, well, he, he said he was going to destroy the, 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 the cultural makeup and physical makeup of the British folk by mass migration of, of die, you know, die, diffuse peoples from across the world. And here he is now saying things like this, living with the, with the threat of far-right terrorism in Britain. Do you understand how they play the game here? This is, this is, this is standard Weishaupt stuff <laughs> you're watching here. We're, we're the same kind of characters. Eh? But evil, evil, evil people. Evil people. So terrorist attacks, however, are simply a symptom of a wider set of societal challenges. Yeah. So, yeah. So they only train everybody to be different, you see, and cause the chaos, blame the folk who live in the country, who, who, who descended from folk who from lived in the country, blame them for, for the responses. And, and then, uh, you know, yeah. oh, what a piece of manipulative evil this psychopath is. Oh, yeah. Well rewarded, though, by his bosses. Eh? Well rewarded. Mm-hmm. Another article here is Food Chain Reaction Crisis Simulation Ends with Global Carbon Tax. 2015. Eh? There's an article here. And um, it's from Cargill, big, the big food conglomerate. One of the five big food agri-food businesses that own your supply the, the world's food, <laughs> and uh, it's quite interesting because um, you find John Podesta as one example was involved in these food stress exercises. Small world, but it says uh, so. They did this simulation. With a, with a global carbon tax if there was a, a, a world food crisis, you see. So climate, hunger, civil unrest and spiking food prices came together at the food chain reaction game in Washington, D.C. this week, 2015. And the game took the players from the year 2020 to 2030. As it was projected, the decade brought two major food crises with foods uh, with, with prices approaching 400% of the long-term average, a raft of climate-related extreme weather events, governments uh, toppling in Pakistan and Ukraine, and famine and refugee crisis in Bangladesh, Myanmar, Chad, and uh, Sudan. And um, so they go through the civil unrest and oh, spiking food prices come together, the food chain reaction game, Washington, D.C., and they go into how it, how it worked out and where it would go to, etc., etc., and how the, the U.S., the EU, and India and China would make deals together, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they, because but they'd blame it all on the weather, and you'd all have to pay carbon taxes. That's from Cargill Incorporated. Hmm. But yeah, you'd be surprised to see the characters involved there. You you probably know them all their names right away, in fact. And another one here. The same group, Cargill, right, works with World Wildlife magazine, you know, from WWF at the, the Prince Philip at the top it and all bit and works with all these groups too on eugenics, too many folk, etc. How a new game helped us understand the future of food, hey? There you go. And um 
2030, an inevitable thing happened. A coup in Pakistan flooding in Bangladesh. Lots of farmers were breaking under the pressure of volatile commodities, etc. Policymakers across the continent reacted to these developments with ad hoc responses, ranging from meat tax through the European Union to increased humanitarian aid, blah, 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 blah. And it's the same, it's the same one, actually. There's a food chain reaction in global security game hosted by WWF Cargill, the Center for American Progress, Mars Inc. And that's interesting to American Progress, there's some really American. And game designer CNA, formerly known as the Center for Naval Analysis. There you go. It's uh, quite amazing who's all there, by the way. Uh-uh-uh. And also food supply spontaneously combusting, controlled demolition of the supply chain. And I'll put that up as well. Uh, part of the same kind of thing, from grain elevators in Iowa to sugar silos in New Orleans, they were on fire, to food warehouses in Essex to grain reserves in Beirut, the world's food supply chain is going up in flames. Flames seems to be the end thing right now, isn't it? From burning homes and streets and, and, and forests and stuff, you know, they've, they've caught them doing it too. And Oregon elsewhere, even though they're trying to play it down, so no, it's not, even as they get the photographs, they're getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, it's just, there's nothing happening. You're not seeing it. They're probably just out for a hike, you know. And um, so it says from grain elevators in Iowa to sugar silos in New Orleans to food warehouses in Essex to grain reserves in Beirut, the world's food supply is going up in flames with farm labor running from COVID 19 tests, which they are because there's so many migrants, eh? illegal migrants. Uh, meat plants ordered closed. Again, if, you, if, it, if anybody tests positive, not, not ill, but it's positive with particles of COVID that are dead long ago, uh, then uh, they'll close the whole plant down. It's all deliberate, folks. Eh? And weather warfare destroying crops, why not just t- uh, torch the rest? And um, this, this is quite a good one here, too, for those who want to go through it, from the Ice Age farmer, who's quite good, actually, some of it. There's someone who really deals with food and storage and growing it and stuff like that. It's quite an interesting little site. And uh, and again, I'll put up Newt Gingrich, uh, an article from USA News. It says, so it's verboten. Fox News panel stops Newt Gingrich from discussing <coughs> elected district attorneys. I'll put that link up too. When he was cut off dead, because it's illegal, you can't say it. And uh, I'm surprised they'll let you even say Bill Gates. Maybe they'll ban that too. You see, the one, the big perpetrators, the the Weishop types and Spartacus types, and so on, they'll just ban you from mentioning it. You see, and if you mention it, you'd be mentally ill and put in prison. But this uh, article here talks about it, and. Um, and also, it actually mentions this this, this, this Mr. <coughs> funded prosecutors who put him in office, really, and let rioters go, but declare not agreeing with BLM to be a hate crime, this is. Nor has BLM's <coughs> influence been limited to major cities. His funding was uh, decisive in the election of Diana Beckton and the DA in California's Contra Cost, uh, Costas County. Just east of San Francisco Bay Area, despite a, a plagiarism scandal, Beckton became famous for pressing hate crimes charges against a couple that painted over the Black Lives Matter street murals during this year's Independence Day weekend. Mentioning any of that is now apparently off limits on Fox News, 
However, there you go. I tell you. Bill Gates doubts FDA and the CDC can be trusted on COVID vaccines. So, again, that's another one when I mentioned previously tonight. Uh, it's a different article from a different site saying something similar because he wants to have his own group in charge of everything. And any gutsy government might say this, I've noticed the focus is dropping million over after vaccinations here. He'll say, oh, no, no, they're just tired and relaxing after after the stress build up to getting the shot. You know, that's, that's how he'll word it himself, I'm sure, you know. He'll, he'll wave his hands a lot and, and all that kind of stuff. He does a lot of waving. His eyes are cold and dead, you know, like some critter. <laughs> you, you, you know, you wouldn't trust that. He's got the eyes of a predator, you know, biddy. And also an article uh, about, um, it says a place calling itself the University of Edinburgh. So there used to be a University of Edinburgh there. It was an awfully good university one day. Has decided to remove the name of David Hume, the great Scottish philosopher from the tallest building on its campus. So that was an announcement came from its Equality and Diversity Committee, that's the Marxist group, and its Race, Equality and Anti-Racist Subcommittee. Hume, it says, has committed sins against anti-racism as attested by 1,700 signatures on a petition. Honours like having a building in his name must be stripped and perhaps statues must also come down. As the, as the new Marxists, you see, of this century, decide what's right and wrong in the past. That's what it's about, you see. So this article here uh, says maybe a good, a good thing. It's maybe too good to be there nowadays, and etc., etc. As you fund the racists but on behalf of the elite, though, because they, so they didn't promote it. And the leaders, as I say, the real leaders, I get well funded to do all this by a, a, by the richest capitalists on the planet at the very top. <laughs> Quite amazing, eh? As they play with everybody. Consultation document changes to human medicine regulations to support the role of COVID-19 vaccines. And this is another one here. And... Um, from the government of the UK. So it's changes to human medicine regulations, etc. It gives you, uh, you can download it yourself, got a link for it and the whole thing. And um, they go into the biggest threat to the country is faced in peacetime history. Same thing as the last other ones, eh? They're all in the same, the same script. It's, it's the biggest threat you've had in peacetime history. Really, really. Which is why the UK government is working to a scientifically led step-by-step action plan for tackling the pandemic. <sighs> Thank goodness. Eh? So it's got an independent joint committee on vaccination and immunisation called JICVI. Advise the UK government on which COVID-19 vaccine UK should use and on the priority groups to, to receive the vaccine based on the best available clinical modelling and epidemiological data will depend on the properties of the vaccine. Those most in need, including health and care workers and the particular medical circumstances of individuals. Maybe that's why they're going to basically conscript all the folk who are either retired or lost their licences because therefore we're getting, they'll get it first and they'll get sick enough to replace them probably. There you go. But it goes on and on and on, and uh, you have to read all this one yourselves too. Do the timing, nature, consultation, um, and again, temporary authorization of the supply of unlicensed products. Once again, same as the states as well. All the same stuff, isn't it? And they pretend they're all different nations. Eh? 
Kushner, Jerry Kushner, well, I can't write, I mean, it's so open what kind of organization you got here running the show right now. The Americans have no real political parties left, really. You know, not real ones for themselves, to save themselves. Kushner uh, uh, says the Accords, you know, this is the, the new Accords they made. Um, Israel's made an accord with um, the United Arab Emirates uh, to do with uh, getting them uh, ganging up. It's the first Israeli Arab coalition that's going to maybe go against Iran. This is the, the preparations for it. I've been waiting for this since Trump got in, actually, you know. But Kushner, uh, you know, folk must see, I mean, what is this administration? Kushner says, accords allow Arab states to separate own interests from Palestinians. What's any of this to do with America? The White House advisor highlights Bahrain's tolerance, intimates arms sales not a factor in deal, and says assurance of Muslim entry to al Asqa Mosque will make region more tolerant. <laughs> so, um, so Christian said, Fred, that two, that two Trump-brokered normalization deals between Israel and, U- and the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain will allow Muslim countries to prioritize their own national interests over those of the Palestinians. So it'll help people separate Palestinian issues from their own national interests and from their own foreign policies. Says. It's from the Times of Israel, this article here. Now also I'm going to put up, um, the mayor of Pennsylvania says, I need help. And makes desperate plea after a fatal police shooting of Ricardo Munoz in Lancaster. Pennsylvania, and that was, was September 14, this article came up. So that, that again, they immediately got a whole group to go in there to that, that, little, that little place. And it says, demonstrators in Pennsylvania took to the streets for the second night in a row, this time more peacefully following off the field of shooting of a man by police on Sunday. You actually see the video of it, if you've seen the video, where the, it was called a domestic dispute by the mother of this guy. And they always say they've got mental illnesses, but that a lot of them are on meth and so on. Anyway, the cop's just walking up to the door, he's, he's, and the guy comes flying out the door with a, a big machete or something in his hand. And and the guy, you see, I see in the photograph that this, this fellow had to be on some kind of, because he's, he's about four feet off the ground when he's jumping. And, and the, the cop ran away from him. And he had to turn eventually, and then he, he, then he shot him. That's what happened. That's what you see on the camera. Yeah. So immediately the whole idea is to go in there and smash everything and so on by the the, the proper the troops and so on, etc. Or the, or the BLM groups and, and Antifa groups. Yeah. And so the, the mayor, Danin Soras, uh, says, I need help, we need help. She says, calling leaders across Pennsylvania to help forge a solution to shootings involving police officers being police shooting. I am clear beyond a doubt that we lack the tools, resources, and expertise and capacity to do this on our own uh, here in the city of Lancaster. We need, a, we need an evidence-based protocol for responding. What is that protocol? Additionally, how do we create and staff a system that can respond 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, and within minutes? These are just a few of the questions that need to be answered to create a countrywide plan.
And, uh, and I can remember a few years back they talked about something similar where so they've done away with all the psychiatric hospitals and institutions. And institutions, you always think of them by the movies, but folk getting dragged in with straitjackets. People used to book themselves in when they felt stress coming on. They couldn't manage it in their lives. And they could go to a restful place, peaceful, be looked after, fed, and uh, out of the stress of, of the street and society in general. And, uh, but they always painted as, as, as crazy places and folk doing stupid things inside the hot. Folk don't behave like that in the psychiatric hospitals that you see in these, these movies. But there's nothing like that. And, you, and you've got such a drug population with these drugs now that put them out of your skull and, and crystal meth, etc. You can't act responsibly if you take on that stuff. It can't be done. You'll lose your sanity. And then when they go after cops with big knives or machetes, then, uh, or anybody else for that matter, they're going to get. They're going to have to defend themselves. But these groups saying, "No, no, you can't do. It. You can't deal with that." Well, what are you supposed to do? Unless you did have teams with nets and all the rest of it, you can somehow corral the people uh, that, that, are, that are losing it. All being discussed before years ago, and it crops up all the time. But yeah, it's true. You would need these um, massive. Uh, Organization, maybe even bigger than the police force, because you need teams of maybe a dozen at a time, at least, on standby everywhere to deal with these kind of things. Because folk are cracking up crazy now with drugs and the lockdown and so on. It's going to get worse. This article here it was about Sweden, and it was put out um, against about food. Let's talk about food. It was at the beginning of the COVID uh, fiasco. And don't forget that, that, that Sweden uh, didn't fall for the total lockdown thing either eh? and didn't have the problems that the rest of the world had, naturally. This is from May. It says Sweden is telling its citizens to be ready to feed themselves for a week, it says. Other nations should follow suit. This is what they were trying to tell you back then. Oh, we're going to lock you down, right? And it says here that they were given all given brochures called If the Crisis or War Comes. Or war, right? If the crisis or war comes huh? to the citizenry, the 20-page brochure provides practical instructions ranging from signals that will sound in case of national emergency, how to detect disinformation, how to get on without access to heating, fuel, and the internet. You listen to this. Heating, fuel, the internet, medications, or public transport. It's a cold place, you know, in the winter. It's like Canada. It also explains to Swedes how to plan for food disruptions and issues this sobering directive. Every able-bodied resident will be expected to defend for him or herself for seven days. Then it goes on, though. It's interesting here. It says the U.S. imports a staggering 95% of coffee, cocoa, fish, and shellfish. Half of all fresh fruit and fruit juices consumed in the U.S. are likewise imported. Food import rates are similar around the developed world. The U.K., for example, imports 50% of its food. Never learned Britain, eh? World War One that needed help from the States. World War Two, they were starving. But it keeps you under your th- under the thumbs of the controllers. Eh? Our food is transported via increasingly long and complex supply chains that often involve ships. 
At any given time, there are some 100,000 ships at sea transporting food and other commodities, knows British geographer Sir Nigel Thrift, former vice-chancellor of the University of Warwick. Most of the ships pass through a small number of choke points, which are easy to attack. And so with all the things that can happen to your food supply, it's quite a good article, actually. And it goes on and on and on. And about fuel as well. And even things like fertilizer, for if you had to, if it was protracted and, and drawn out, what you would need to survive. And they have energy cut out, cut-offs, they call it, too. When things start to get cut back and rationed, etc., and you better start thinking about these, because these characters at the top are going to use all the same techniques they used uh, in, the, in, the, in the communist revolutions, or the Bolshevik ones, and the Soviet system, and then it went into Poland and, and Ukraine and all the other countries. Um, that's the best way to get folk to their knees, is through starvation, folks. And <laughs> if you can't get heat and all the rest of it, too, you're going to get made... Don't forget, technocracy is a technique that they want to achieve. Rule by technocracy, where experts will rule everything, all energy, including food, which is an energy. You comprise energy. And you get in the picture. And it's getting crazy and crazy. They got a video of a, a drunk man who was shot in the Philippines for not wearing a face mask following President Rodrigo Duterte's sinister threat. So he was drunk and he didn't have a face mask, so he got shot. There you go. There's no riots about that, though. You know, it's, that's probably okay to, to kill folk then, you know. Now I've still got a few articles here. And before I do the last articles, remember, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Send me a few bucks. Buy the books and discs if you want, or just donate to me straight. And PayPal, send cash. Checks are fine. And um, I think there's MoneyGram too which they use at the post offices, I think. It's okay. And um, and if you post anything, just use normal posts. Don't don't spend extra cash to track, trace it, and so on. Or ensure you don't have to. The post is pretty decent. Any parcels ever get sent to me, never use UPS. They don't deliver to every door. Neither does uh, the FedEx. And uh, the UPS will, will actually use... Um, a subcontractor once they hit the cities for anything outside the cities. And they won't deliver this to my place. I've had arguments with them. So don't ever, just use basic post, basic post, no expedited post, basic stuff uh, to get to me. And don't do extra insurance or anything like that. It will arrive. Operation Laser, this is for Canada. It's, it's the Canadian Arms Forces response to worldwide pandemic situation. During Operation Laser, the CAF, Canadian Armed Forces, implement certain measures on their personnel and Department of National Defence employees to reduce the impacts of a pandemic situation. And they give assistance to the Public Health Agency of Canada. So this is the Armed Forces for Canada, right? We'll give assistance to the Public Health Agency of Canada. They'll give support to long-term care facilities, support to Public Health Ontario, and Canadian Ranger uh, support to Quebec. They're going to use the, the Rangers, Canadian Rangers, for the northern parts of Ontario and elsewhere, by the way. So the term local response forces are calling refers to unit-level organizations across Canadian armed forces that are not yet tasked as part of Operation Laser task forces, but may contribute to community-level activities as municipalities continue to deal with the spread of COVID-19. And it says... Uh, 
They may also use reservists who work out of armories in cities across Canada or troops and bases and wings who may be called upon to fulfill tasks in local community. More specifically, LRFs may provide a helpful hand for short-term general duty tasks and so on. So they're going to have deploy Canadian Rangers in Saskatchewan, deployment of Canadian Rangers in Northern Ontario, deployment of Canadian Rangers in British Columbia, and deployment of Canadian Rangers in Yukon, Northwest Territories and Nunavut. And the three lines of effort for operational laser, preserve and protect CF personnel to maintain operational capabilities and readiness and so on, and um, access CF activities home and abroad, and support other government departments to ensure the CF are ready to support the Government of Canada's objectives and requests for assistance. And they're going through pandemic preparedness, mitigating planning, so on, plan, plan a phase two pandemic alert, active monitoring of the evolving pandemic threat with some protective measures adopted. And this is to be activated by the Chief of the Defence Staff. <laughs> phase three pandemic response activated on order of the CDS. This phase is characterized by widespread and continuous transmission of the virus in the general population. Uh, here's the thing, though. It doesn't say illness or sickness. I mean, there's hardly... That most, most folk would test positive um, if you've even been near anybody with a cold or you've had it yourself. Because uh, particles it picks up, you know. And it's, it's, it's such a bogus test to begin with. We know that. But it doesn't mean you're sick. And herd immunity comes around that way anyway, which you need without a vaccination. But again, facts don't matter. There has been written in stone, obviously, from before we heard the term COVID. And it says here, um, the Canadian Armed Forces are responsible depending on the disease's impact in and around the location of CF elements and requests for assistance to civil authorities. And phase four post-pandemic restoration. It says um, re-establishing of all DNDCF services and operations to normal. Phase transitions back to phase one, etc. Then they got the Joint Task Force, Force Laser, high readiness rapid response unit based in Kingston, Ontario, uh, from mid March to May. Uh, was responsible for the coordination of the command of domestic operations related to Operation Laser and played a, a critical role in the CF response to COVID by implementing monitoring force health protection measures. Uh, that preserve CF operational capability and responding to and acting on requests for assistance from other government departments and agencies. As of May 13, 2020, these functions have been assumed by the Canadian Joint Operations Command headquartered in Ottawa, Ontario. And it's got a lot of PR photographs and stuff and support and it gives technical details. This whole stack of it here too. And uh, I'll put this up as well for those that want to have a little deco at it, you see. Not a peak, but a deco at it. There's no term for you as well. Also, uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued final guidance for industry, clarification of FDA and EPA jurisdiction over mosquito-related products. <laughs> It clarifies that mosquito-related products intend to function as pesticides, which I mentioned earlier, by preventing, destroying, repelling, or mitigating mosquitoes for population control purposes. 
hopeless mosquitoes are talking about, and they are not intended to cure, mitigate, treat, or prevent a disease, including by intent to reduce the level, replication, or untransmissibility of a pathogen in mosquitoes, are not drugs under the Federal Food Drug Cosmetic Act. <laughs> Amazing how they alter their genes. Well, we don't have a law that says you can't do that and release it. It's all to do with drugs and things, so it doesn't come under that, so just release them. Oxitec mosquitoes, there you go. There's a whole bunch of guidelines here on using it for different purposes, etc. For the company called Oxitec. Okay? There you go. What a world we'll live in, eh? We're the age of science being the great dictator. And here it is, on behalf of those who really own it all, which is the same characters who owned it before, <laughs> before you had it. And Trump health aide pushes bizarre conspiracies and warns of armed revolt. As Michael R. Caputo told Facebook audience with the evidence that left-wing hit squads were being trained for insurrection and accused the CDC scientists of sedition. Uh, maybe he's looking at the streets at the window. <laughs> Maybe that's what's doing it to I don't know. But I'll put that one up too. But it's years, it's conspiracy without evidence, eh? Uh, oh, dear, dear. And, uh, another one from Fox News, which says, we don't have much time, it says. Hong Kong virologist uh, claiming Corona's cover-up tells Bill Hemmer reports, we don't have much time. She's waiting to tell everybody her whole life story here of how she escaped uh, a terrible organization from China. Now, here we have an article from the Straits Times. And it says more than 3,500 tracking devices issued to those serving COVID-19 stay-at-home notices outside of facilities. And uh, this is, I think it's Singapore, this one, is it? Yeah. More than 3,500 tracking devices have been issued to those serving the stay-at-home diagnosis outside of dedicated facilities. All the testing, all the things that are going to happen here have been already, they're already tested over there. This is how they've always done it with specific places and so on. Those who arrived here from 11th and August 10th are allowed to serve their SHN. <laughs> Outside of facilities have been required to wear the electronic wristband devices throughout the SHN period. Now, now Singapore, by the way, is one of the complete. It's more of a technocratically controlled country. It has been for a long time. Uh, everyone's got IDs. They have to have all with them with all types, all cashless everywhere for a long time, and uh, it's very socialistic managed, you know, in that way too, by massive bureaucracies, etc. And um, you do what you're told and obey, and that's it. But uh, they don't—they don't call it communist here. It's a bit different, but it's the same kind of socialistic techniques that are used for compliance and managing the public. So it's an ideal place to test all this stuff out on, obviously. So it says that um, long-term pass holders may also do so if the other family members own or are sole tenants of the residence, meaning stay in it too. And uh, since they give, they give these devices, right? If the devices are not activated, authorities will determine their location and help with technical difficulties or take enforcement action as needed. Children aged 12 and below are exempted from wearing the devices. And it says, um, 
it's altogether it's issued a total of 162,668 SHNs, of which 14,053 are active. This is what they want to give you here. These 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 are like convict bracelets, say electronic convict bracelets that for that they put on certain people if they committed crimes. It's the same kind of thing they're using there. And this is what they want to enroll in Canada, and that's what um, this. Um, character that's in charge of the health system of Canada, Tam said in a, a documentary 10 years ago, I think it was CBC, that they would use these kind of things on Canadians and it'd be, well, it's, not, there's nothing happening that's, that's not planned this way. And of course, Tam was also placed here, again, well, Tam's also on the board of the WHO, but for conflict of interest, you think, since basically uh, Mr. Gates owns it now. Since he's, he's the biggest financier of the WHO, and it's a communist organization. I see the whole UN as a, as a form of communistic system, but again, it's part of the real system that runs the world. Also, remember, again, back to Quigley, what did you say? We've got communists, fascists, dictators, we have every, all kinds in our organization as members. This is how they run it all. You're starting to get the real picture, the wise Hoptian picture of how it was all managed back then, why it was such a great threat to this to this system. Interesting, too, if I remember, Weishaupt, uh, I think at the end, he, when he was getting hunted, he went to one of these Germanic areas. I mean, Germany wasn't a fully-fledged uh, big one nation back then. And it was kingdoms, a lot of princedoms and kingdoms, and you had uh, Saxe, they had the Coburg and Gothersons, and he eventually was put up by one of them. And these are parts of the, the British royal family today, <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it was the Gotha uh, or Coburg. But anyway, they put him up and give him a pension for life. Why would they do that for this guy? It doesn't, it's never been explained why. He was put up and supported and given a pension for life from them. Why would that be? Huh? There's more to it meets the eye. And that's official history. That's all we're given, but that's official history. Not a conspiracy thing. But you've got to always remember that, that this was a... It, I think it personally it had to be kind of on the go before Weishaupt took it over, as I suspect. And uh, again, it's, they're, they're everywhere. It's, uh, they run all institutions, it seems. They put their people in. They have sub-organizations, like specialized ones, like CFRs, the Council for Foreign Relations, the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They call them the Lord Alfred Milner Group Kindergarten at one time in Britain. When they ran the empire, they put their own members in as the heads of the countries that took over as, as governor generals of these countries and across India and South Africa. They put their own members in, and, they, they, and their own members ran resources and the finances. And this got on today to the same kind of thing. It's the same kind of thing. On, on, they financed, don't forget what they said, uh, they did finance the, the so-called communist or Bolshevik revolution from the West. And they observed it and studied it and helped it through its entire existence as the communist uh, USSR. We fed them too, for goodness sake. And then with the massive Cold War, massive money made too from from guaranteed tax money to, for weaponry, weaponry, new missiles, new missiles, new missiles, etc. Great boon for them. They love war scenarios and cold wars because it's money for nothing, really. Big money, eh? But it gives them control over everything. And with COVID, hey, we're not all dropping dead here. The hospitals haven't been overwhelmed. 
They're still not overwhelmed. They've got staff out there getting fired for complaining that nothing's happening in the hospitals. This is a massive deception like never before. And they're trying to tell us across the board the same, the same sentencing, everything. Every country's got the same thing getting put forward by their front prostitute journalists. We've never seen such a thing like this uh, since the Great War or, or the Spanish flu. Never in peacetime have we had anything so drastic as this. What nonsense is What, what is this? Twic massive gaslighting, eh? Because this agenda, the COVID is the excuse for the whole program that sustainability couldn't get through by yapping about global warming and having non-binding agreements with the climate agreements. This is the whole agenda rammed through here on behalf of the WEF, World Economic Forum, and the Club of Rome. And they admit it. I've given you the articles over the months where their members at the top admit it. They're rejoicing. They can ram it all through under covid that's the end of the story. A whole new way of existing, right? The fourth industrial revolution, they call it, eh? which is no, no industry for you at all. <laughs> and maybe no, no life eventually, the way it's going. Eh? Total lockdown coming over the winter. So remember, cuttingswithmates.com, send a few bucks my way, help me toddle along here and get through with all my websites. And uh, and I try and get back to people who, who email me as many as possible. I'm overwhelmed every day. I mean, I get no... I, I'm at this all day long, every day. Eh? I'm just uploading with the speed they're giving me because I'm getting hit and penalized uh, for, for talking. And then it's, it takes me hours, maybe all night long, just to upload my talks to the, my sites. Just that alone, eh? So, have a few bucks my way so they can, uh, can survive through. We're all going through it together, that's true. We are, we are going through this together. That's one part of the slogan, that's right. We're all in it together, but we're all going through it together. But we're going through history, and we need each other. And believe you me, you need an occasional voice here and there to keep your, uh, your mind from cracking up altogether. And for those who are struggling, uh, I'm with you, and I'm sure other people are with you too because we've got to be there for each other during these times. It doesn't matter if, if they're even far away. It doesn't make any difference. If folk are in trouble, get in touch. And we try to help each other out because that's what we can offer each other. And that, that can make a big, big difference knowing that someone's thinking you know, about you. It's very important in this day and age of isolation, this forced isolation that folk are, uh, are, are suffering under, all manipulated, managed by the very evil people at the top. But there's no doubt about it. Uh, very evil people who, well, you can go on and on about what they've done in the past, but what they intend to do now is, is, is beyond comprehension for a lot of people. It's the same characters at the very top. They have no love for the general society at all. They have no affinity with you. So for myself from Ontario, Canada, where it's already uh, every night, as I mentioned, it's, it's on the freezing mark. It's uh, 30, about 30 um, 32 degrees right now. I'll, uh, I'll start to get this uploaded once I'm, I'm finished. So take care of yourselves. Don't give up, folks. It's not over yet, you know. And you've got to learn to just, when you speak, when not to speak. You've always learn to live inside your heads in the company 
until you, you can listen to where people are at before you open your mouth because they can turn you so quickly when they're all living on the edge, they're frantic. So be very careful and don't jeopardize yourself by trying to convert folk into like a religious um, conversion. It doesn't work that way with, with the facts and the data when they're watching television every single day, maybe even every all day long, long some of them. You've got to really just use your head and have a few friends, just a few people. They, they can always count on each other. And you've got to get used to don't Don't tut tut and so and so. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. You've got to help each other because eventually it'll be your turn as well. From myself, I'm Walt from Ontario, Canada. It's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.